You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's June. Happy Pride. Yay. Yay. That means it is our Pride edition. It's our Pride edition. Our fourth one. Yeah, because yeah. I had to look back and be like, what have I done in Yeah, the past? so the first year you did Sailor, Sailor Moon, Moon mm-hmm. and I did um, Tony and... Um, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, why can't I think of her name right now? Um, Hot Redhead. Yeah, and I just can't completely She's remember her name. She's the third for Archie. I know who she I is. Know. I read those comics. I have when no she idea why I out. can't fucking think of her name right now. I'm just, and I can see her face perfectly in my brain. Like if you're a worse Veronica. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's annoying. That is really annoying. It'll come to me like yeah, midway. midway yeah. yeah. And, I'll be like, ah! and then the second year, we both did Cat. And yes. uh, yeah, I did uh, blonde, uh, blonde, buff blondes and, and cat ladies. Ruby. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And then last year I did Felicia. Yes. And you did. And I did North Star. So, so I did North Star's Nightmare coming out season. <laughs> some Marvel queer white haired people was yeah. the theme last time. Marvel queer black and whites. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here's our fourth one. Yeah. Fourth edition. We haven't seen the new Spider Man yet. Mm-hmm. We have to play mm-hmm. that. We did see the new Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't remember if we talked about that last time, but I can't. No, I don't think so, because I think it was, uh, that was a couple weeks ago. That was after we recorded, I'm pretty sure. So, it was, they need a, they need a, here, I will give it to you. Animal cruelty warning. Oh, yeah. If you are that type of person. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no live animals were hurt in the making. It's all fake shit, but you will cry. Yeah, so just. I wish I was warned because I oh, was not. I'm so sorry because yeah, I thought okay. that you had been warned. I don't know. I don't. I don't it. go into any movies knowing anything because I don't watch any previews or read anything. I mean, about I didn't it. watch anything. I just saw a lot of like there were a lot of like think pieces that were like tell your kids. Oh yeah, I didn't see any of those. So I guess I lived in a bubble for a little say, bit. Must have been in, in must a have been one of those. Than mine. Yeah, but yeah. in a slightly different bubble there. So. But yeah, yeah so just warning there, if you haven't heard it and you haven't seen it, warning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, yeah. we haven't seen the new Spider-Man sure yet. Surefire way to tug on your heartstrings. I know, seriously. It's like, seriously. let's introduce... <laughs> rude. Rude. Mm-hmm. Does it work? Absolutely. Yes. Is it, it rude? Works because it's... Yes. Rude. So yeah, um, we're here, fourth Pride edition, so it's gonna be, right now we're drinking some new Truly Vodka Seltzers, well Martha is basically done, I'm almost done. They're really yummy. But it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like a weird variety, all of the flavors are delicious. I've only had one so far, but so far so good. Yeah, small box, which is nice, especially when you're first trying. Yeah. It out. You want to make sure you like it. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to get stuck mm-hmm. with a black cherry and then be like, "Oh, yeah." And you have yeah. five black then, cherries in your no fridge for the rest it. of your life forever. And then next, we have some wine and kugels. Yeah, Martha's got her our We've regular summer, summer shandy, and uh, I'm going to be trying a juicy peach one mm-hmm. as soon as I finish my last little bit of my my vodka seltzer. Yeah. Gotta love all the, like, summer flavors coming out. They're like, hey, here's new shit. And I'm like, I'm always looking for new shit. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I can only drink the same, like, 
citrus variety patch so many times. It's true. It's true. Luckily, there's 9 billion flavors of seltzers now. Yes. So. We're living in the seltzer rena- yep. renaissance. Yep. Renaissance. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll get started then. That probably makes sense. Okay. So I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. You've screwed that up. I didn't know. <laughs> I was. I thought you were going to be with me. And then when you didn't pick it up, I got confused. It still happened. It's close enough, guys. Just, just live with it. Like, at least I've really almost cut my thumb open opening that up in in a hurry. Clang, clang. <laughs> like shit, shit. It's just me. I thought we were there. Oh no! But you only didn't. You didn't say. But first, let's talk nerdy. You came in with like, let's talk nerdy. <laughs> it's good. We're good. Everything's good. What episode is this? This. I think it's your turn to start. I think it's 84. So that would be 84 or 86. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty... Oh. 84 sounds like it None makes sense. None of my shit is even open. 84. It is 84. So I 84. do start. Yes. I knew you started first. I just didn't know the exact number. Okay. All right. Episode 84. Martha starts first. Let's go. All right. So today I'm talking about Batwoman. Yay! I'm talking about Batwoman. I'm specifically going to talk about this story because it's probably one of the best written comic book stories in the entire in the entirety of the world. Like, oh god, it is so good. But I'm also going to talk about how uh, Batwoman Elegy. Elegy. Yeah. The the letters are a little weird on the cover. Yeah, before they had the Batwoman, like, title comics. So it's actually just reprints of some comics that were detective um, comics at the time. But it is extremely good. Mostly today it's going to be about how sometimes a choice that's made for views turns out okay because you get a good person attached to it. Yes. But also about all the weird Batwoman stuff that, like... Because this is a character, and then Batwoman before was also a character. Okay. That's fun. So, my sources. Um, remembering Kathy Kane, the first Batwoman, by Fred Grandinetti, who really went into, like, the old... And I thought that was really interesting. Obviously, he was really into the first Batwoman, Kathy Kane. Kathy. Uh, crushing Crisis, with a K. Just the K. Just the crisis with a K. <laughs> Just the K. Unhelpful. Uh, which helped me figure out the weird Batwoman reading order stuff because everything focused on New 52 and after now, which is so fucking annoying. Uh, Batwoman takes over Detective Comics, which was an interview with uh, writer Greg Rucka, uh, with Dan Phillips, and then Wikipedia, fandom, you know, the usuals. Um, and I read this comic again, Batwoman Elegy, by Greg Rucka, and art by J.H. Williams. But, um, yeah, so. Let's do this. First things first, I think it's worth mentioning that we've had, especially with comics, it's worth mentioning that we've had a lot of characters join the LGBTQ pantheon recently in the last couple of years, and I think it's important to mention them, so why not? So we have Bobby Drake, who figured out sh- shit in, I think it was 2020, when Teen Jean was like, Bobby, you're gay. <laughs> she, Which, like, a lot of people were like, how dare she? But she, like, took him aside and was like, look at your future version, who is still in the closet. You gotta do something you about this, fix this my dear friend. You need to yeah. figure this out. So that was really cool. Um, recently, Al Ewing made Star-Lord queer and engaging with a threesome, in a threesome with a couple, um, which, like, if you're, if you are fucking with aliens, 
you're queer, period. That's, that's, that's the same, it's the same, like, they don't have the same gender shit as we no. do. No. That just is queer, because yeah. now you're just in some mm-hmm. non-binary, But now we're actually, like, craziness. putting it on the page, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt could never. Kitty Pride finally confirmed as bisexual after, like, really fucking with all of our girls these through these years and being like, I'm kind of in a relationship with them, but we'll never stay on the panel. <laughs> and also, I'm just going to go back to Piotr as soon as I can. Like, poor, poor karma. They stuck with the Alan Scott There's reboot. So poor writing. Oh, yeah. Well, she's flighty and has only come to terms with her sexuality as of recently. And I mean, she was attached to a fucking missile for like 10 years, so. Weird how Joss Whedon, a terrible person, was like, I'm going to do this weird thing with my character, make her fuck Pyotr, and then send her into space so no one else can use her because she's mine and I'm a gross little man. Um, But yeah, so Alan Scott in the New 52 in Earth 2, which you'll remember from my rant, I was very mad about. Yes. But they made him gay, and then they came, uh, when they re-rebooted everything, uh, he is still a late-in-life gay man who had to talk to his kids about it, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, we've got Prodigy, who is in the New Mutants, and he's bisexual. He turns, turns down Loki because he's like, yeah, I'm bi, but you're a mess. And I think that's props. Uh, he does date Speed, who is bi as well. The whole Young Avengers group is fucking queer. Uh, Tim Drake is finally going on Bern- dates with Bernard and confirmed earlier this year that he was in love with Connor Kent, and that's why he cloned him a billion fucking times after he died. And every single queer person in the entire world was like, yeah, what straight reason is there for that? <laughs> what straight reason is there for that? No, no thank you. Harley and Ivy, I just realized, or have only been in a relationship for, since 2014. Okay. Yeah, so that's not even 10 years, which is pretty cool. Well, not cool that it's only been 10 years. Yeah. But, like, we've had 10 years of it. That's yep. great. Almost. Uh, Superman's son, John Kent, Damien's BFF, is bi and has a boyfriend. Mystique has been gay since the 80s and basically married to Destiny since then, but was able to say on panel that Destiny was her wife and bringing her back has been a big plot throughout Krakoa. Jess Chambers, who uses they-them pronouns and was Kid Quick uh, and is a member of the Flash family, was introduced in 2020 and they're gorgeous. Uh, hello, gender-neutral nurse. And honestly, so they had also a future version of them, and they are the Flash. Like, the Flash. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Xanth Zhao is a non-binary sorceress slash vampire slayer who's been hanging around Gotham and also hanging around fellow queer John Constantine. Nubia has been with Io, who is like a hot one-eyed Amazoness and has and is currently queen of the Amazons, which like obviously they've had lesbian queens before with Hippolyta and everybody else, but like it's nice to see. Um there's a dude who's Batman's rival who's really hot, his name is Ghostmaker, and he's bi, and he and Bruce definitely fucked. And he and Catman fuck in I can't remember if it was this year's Pride or last year's Pride issues, but but they do, and it's hot. There's a gay Captain America named Aaron Fisher. He's very punk-looking. Dreamer is a character who was introduced in the Supergirl show and then later in comics in 2021 uh, and is a trans woman. Loki's gender fluid. We have yet to see that in the show in not a really super transphobic way, so we'll see about that. But there's also mentioned past bisexuality, which... It's, oh, it's always nice to mention, we did something in the past. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, you're not getting credit no. until I see some lip-locking yeah. on fucking screen. Yeah, also so, your cat. 
Yeah. Little posies. <laughs> what are those little posies doing over there? <laughs> what a creepazoid. Um, I guess there were some gay externals, or eternals, but I still don't want to watch the movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is the one movie we have refused to watch. <sighs> Even in my rewatch, I didn't watch it. Again, if Neil Gaiman, one of the best writers, period, can't make your characters interesting, it's because they're not interesting. That's it! We got a panel with Roberto DaCosta saying that he likes Boom Boom because she's hot, and he likes Banshee because he's hot, just as, like, a really quick aside. And I'm like, bam, knew that was there. Uh, Gwen Poole came out as Arrow Ace in a very sensitive and well-handled story, which I super recommend. Connor Hawk also came out as Ace last year, which was really nice. Um, Rachel Summers and Betsy Braddock are dating, and it's wonderful. There's Sarah and Angel, and Sarah is trans. And the Pride has Pride has an anthology every year, which is what it should be. So that's great. Are we where we should be? No, but it is moving faster towards where it should be in a faster way than it ever has. And I'm certain that there's stuff that I've missed because there has been a lot of stuff coming. But um, looking at where we were coming from, this is a huge, huge difference. There's more queer, queer people working in comics than ever. Also, like... Which isn't surprising. Two or three years ago, maybe? I think it might have been two years ago. But Grant Morrison, um, really well-known Batman, mm-hmm. is non-binary. They use they-them pronouns. There you go. Yeah, that's a big name. Yeah. That's a name you see a lot on It's also books. one of those things where you... There's a lot of gender shit in your stuff. Yeah. Grant. There's a lot. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, specifically, that one... Catherine Rebecca Kate Kane is a superheroine appearing in American comic books published by DC. Uh, the current version that we're talking about most of today was created by Greg Rocha, Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Mark Wade, and Alex Ross. Some of those people I would give more credit than others. <laughs> uh, Kate Kane is a wealthy heiress who became inspired by Batman and chooses, like him, to put her wealth and resources towards the campaign to fight crime as a masked vigilante in her home of Gotham City as Batwoman. No one will fucking just put more social workers on the street. No. They'll all fucking become vigilantes with their money. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, all of these rich people have a lot of trauma. <laughs> And they didn't go to therapy. (laughs) Like, Bruce might be in therapy now. Now. With somebody who... But also, like, the people that he trusts is a list, like, as long as his pinky. Yeah. Though he keeps adopting children, so... Mm, I mean, you would think. You would think. You would think. (laughs) But again... We can't we can't do everything about everything. But yeah, so so Kate Kane... uh, Kathy Kane was... uh, superheroine in DC Comics. She's the first DC character to bear the name Batwoman, obviously. She was created by Edmund Hamilton and Sheldon Muldoff uh, under the direction of editor Jack Schiff as part of an ongoing effort to expand Batman's cast of supporting characters. Batwoman began appearing in DC Comics as a love interest in uh, Detective Comics 233 in 1956, in which she was introduced as a love interest for Batman to, uh, in order to combat the allegations of Batman's homosexuality arising from the controversial book, Seduction of the Innocent. 
by Frederick Wortham, a fucking nerd. So when Julius Schwartz became editor of Batman-related comics in 1964, he removed non-essential um, characters, including Kathy Kane, Batgirl, Batmite, Ace the Bat-Hound. Obviously, Bro does not like fun. Rude! Yeah. Well, and like when, when people were like, why? They were like, she's she was just created to be a love interest. And it's like... People still liked her. And you removed all these sweet pleat people. Yeah. What that, the fuck? That might isn't a love interest. It, neither is fucking Badhouse. No. <laughs> Ace. <laughs> that might be like, maybe Bruce? Maybe Brucey? <laughs> maybe? I'm like, mm, no. Uh, for the record, because I've definitely mentioned it, but maybe not by name, Seduction of the Innocent is a book by German-born American psychiatrist Frederick Wortham, a truly miserable piece of shit, who published it in 1954 and warned that comic books were a negative form of popular literature and a serious cause of juvenile delinquency. And it was taken super seriously at the time, and that's, like, literally later that year, we got the comics code. and. We've, well, it's this, all of our comics the, characters have been in the closet the ever since, and it's all just the same as mm-hmm. with, when we go, went through the whole video games and violence on TV. And it, let's blame what the actual problem is, and it's the people committing the fucking crime in the society that doesn't allow for those people to have like a lot of the, those crimes happen because of like poverty or yes. things like that. Let's, let's mental health and and exactly. no chance. Yeah, so it's fucking dumb. But yeah, so that got published, and then literally later that year, the Comics Code Authority was voluntarily established by publishers to self-censor their titles. Comics, especially the crime horror... What year was this? 1954. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was... was, I talked about it in my (sighs) Crypt Keeper episode, but it was huge. And like everybody really had to... Follow it. Because otherwise there would be like think pieces about like why your comic is a bad thing. Yeah. And you shouldn't. Yeah. It was weird ass fucking shit. But he talked about, Wortham talked about like the gruesome images in horror comics being an injury to the eye, which I think is probably With one of the funniest four things colors ever. that it can use. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, not, like, um, he was claiming that. Batman and Robin are gay partners, uh, claims that Wonder Woman wow. had a bondage subtext, which also, okay. like, also, quick kind of note there. If you're going to claim they're gay partners, why wouldn't you claim pedophilia? Because you're a pedophile? Because you're a pedophile? I know. There's there's not gay partners there, because Robin is 14. It's just pedophilia. It's just abuse and grooming and yes, pedophilia. Like, but it's not true. So, but, but uh, well, again, the like, grooming is probably a little true. Just no, not that's sexual. True. But <laughs> it's not, like, you know, it was done with good intentions. Yes. Unfortunately. Definitely not sexual. No, no. I think Grayson just called uh, Batman dad, like, a yes. couple months ago. Well, and that's ago. why they retconned it so that he's older, because they yeah. were like, oh, that's a little weird. Same with why they retconned Bucky to be mm-hmm. older, too, because they're like, oh, this is kind of weird. They need to yeah. be older. They kept... Yeah. Bucky, they were like, this is really weird. Why is yeah. this child here? <laughs> yep. <laughs> with Bruce, they were like, well, it is canon that you did put an eight-year-old on the street. But also, the eight-year-old was on the street before you put him on that's there. True. And you were like, I guess I'll train you for, like... Three fucking months before you go on the street. <laughs> it's fine. You got this, right? But yeah, so uh, he cra- claimed uh, Wonder Woman's strength and independence made her a lesbian, which, like, 
Bro, that's not what makes her a lesbian. <laughs> that's, say, that's not why she's a lesbian. She grew up on an island with every hot woman in the entire world. She's more. She's bi. bi. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think she's definitely more bi. She's 100% bi. He also claimed that Superman was both un-American and fascistic, which I'm like. Also true. You well, can't. Well. Then un-American. You can have one of one of those. <laughs> like, you can't be un-American and fascistic. You and can, I mean, he's not American. He's yeah. an alien from a different planet. Mm-hmm. America is fascistic. That's the one. So basically, this nerd, because he didn't like fun comics, made everyone <laughs> fun, have, general, have a period. shit fucking time. <laughs> yeah, there's well, and I was like, I was looking at the, the like sex comics that they had, where it was like, there's a bunch of BDSM in this, and I'm like, this is cute. This is adorable. These girls are like so. I don't know. You know, it's old comics where yeah. you're like, oh my god, look at how cute they are. So, like, cute little feet. I don't know. It's hard to look at that and be like, somebody got a boner off of this? Cheryl. Her name is Cheryl. Yeah! (laughs) That's it! Cheryl Blossom! God damn it! Okay, anyways, moving on. But yeah, also, so some of his, like, (laughs) descriptions of comics were extremely misleading. He was like, there's a headless man in Captain Marvel, and it's just, like, a picture of his... His head was splashed with an invisibility potion, so like it's just—it's not like so a gruesome he a head. head. It's just yeah, he has a head. Mm-hmm. It's just invisible at the moment. Yeah, he said that <laughs> he co- he compared Blue Beetle to a Kafka esque nightmare. I don't know what that means. Oh, Kafka. So what is it? Kafka's an artist, right? Yeah, uh, he's a, a writer, but he, I think uh. he probably was an artist as well. I would be very unsurprised. But his most well-known, which of course I can't remember, uh, Metamorphosis, is about a man who is turning into a cockroach. Let's go. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. This guy doesn't, this like, guy this would guy, not have a good time with spooky pasta. He would not have a good time with Vegas, because he'd be like, that person's a, trying to be a bug! And I'm like, that's just a person wearing butterfly wings. <laughs> it's okay. Especially the original Blue Beetle. I'm like, he's the least buggy of all of them. So fucking funny. Oh, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, he, uh, there was a case against the book Knights of Horror, which is an underground fetish, uh, series, which is the one that I looked up and I was like, oh my god, look at how cute all these girls are. They're so cute. <laughs> and, uh, it got banned and the Supreme Court upheld the ban in 1957. And I also want to think most, a lot, all of these weren't for children. No! Like, let a, if you're gonna let if you're a bad parent and you gave your kid five cents yes. to go down to the, the store time, and get if you're gonna let fucking people buy Playboy, let mm-hmm. them buy some fucking dirty comic. Like it's not for a child, so it it's not it's, it's at that point it's not so like, yeah. fucking funny. Yeah, because it's like you're. You're bonkers. This is fucking crazy. But they're doing the And then everybody is like, yes. It's still the same stuff. Oh, yeah. Thing. Drag queens are fucking mm-hmm. all this shit. It's like, no. Yeah. It's, it's fear-mongering tactics, yeah. which has yeah. been the conservatives, like, one but, tactic. That's a, their only tactic. Yeah. That and cheating. Fear-mongering and cheating. Yes, right. Yes. <laughs> so Kathy Kane was primarily associated with the Silver Age of comic books um, after the aftermath of the attacks on comics in the 1950s. They were like, okay, Batwoman will make up part of the Batman family. Since the family formula had proved very successful for Superman, editor Jack Schiff suggested to co-creator Bob Kane that he create one for Batman. So... um they did, and Kathy Kane was uh, first appeared in 1956. In the debut issue, she's 
introduced as a female rival to the crime-fighting prowesses of Batman. And the title splashes, there's only one Batman. There's That's been said many times before and has always been true. For no other man has ever rivaled Batman as a champion of the law, nor matched his superb acrobatic skill, his scientific keenness, his mastery for disguise and detective skill. But now, in one suspended surprise after another, Batman finds he has a great rival in the mysterious and glamorous girl, the Batwoman! Also, I bet Dick is a better acrobat than fucking Bruce Wayne. Oh! <laughs> just throwing that Definitely. Out there. <laughs> that Dick is an acrobat. Literally, but it's just fine. look at their, like, just looking at their body types. Well, you you're know. like, you know. Like, and I'm sure. Most females are probably gonna be more also, or yeah. more, also more acrobatic than fucking Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne because we're slimmer. Yeah. And, and leaner. Our bodies are more they're, made for something. But they're like more that. bendy. They're made for more of the acrobatic as opposed to the brute mm-hmm. force. But yeah, so she was a... She also has a lot of money. (laughs) Woo! Really? (laughs) Went in it. Uh, She was a crime fighter, like Batman, but uh, not really an exact counterpart. For example, she had a utility purse. Like, all of her stuff is super girly in a way that... Oh my god, I want to die. At the time, is such an eye roll, and now I'm like, oh no, If, if they came out with a character like that now... I'd be like, she's bimbo core, she's Barbie core, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to, you know, it's a different thing. Yes. A different time. It's a and very a different, different time. And they're doing it to be sexist there. Exactly. As opposed to be like, look at it this cute woman. It would be done by a woman now. now. A, girl, a female creator been like, look at this like, cute little femme. Like. She has a little purse. <laughs> yeah. And that her weapons are lipstick, charm bracelets, and hair nets, mm-hmm. which were her weapons. Uh, she regularly appeared in the pages of Batman and Detective Comics throughout the early 1960s. Uh, she was pretty popular with fans because they got a number of letters in that were like, where is she? What's yeah. she doing? I really like that stuff. Back in the day when you had to write letters. Exactly. Just posting a tweet. <laughs> Instead of just subtweeting your favorite writer and being like, I hate your stuff. Don't <laughs> subtweet your favorite writer and say, I hate your stuff. Unless they really deserve it. Unless they really deserve it. (laughs) So, yeah, she'd become relatively popular, but because they were going in a new direction in 1964, they were like, she's just a love interest, so they removed her from the series. But then she comes back a couple different times. Uh, The new Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, not only replaced Batwoman as Batman's female counterpart, but she surpassed the original heroine in popularity. Batgirl was designed to be a sidekick hero, and Batwoman was definitely fucking... She's like, maybe she'll yeah. marry him. And that's yeah. that's the idea that, like, and I know you're pushing this, and I hate that shit. Yeah, Batgirl had a utility belt. She had she was a skilled martial, martial artist. She has a doctorate. <laughs> She's smarter than Bruce. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Bruce is sm- really smart in very particular yes. ways. Very particular yeah. ways. <laughs> This is part of my Bruce's autistic (laughs) mode. I'm just saying, it's true, and I'm right. She wore this black and yellow bodysuit, an oversized mask, a red red cape, with a weapons bag over her shoulder. Over the shoulder bag is her weapons bag. It's really, honestly... I'm actually here for it. The design is so fucking cute. I mean... Um, DJ Spider... Did she do one? Yeah, it was automatic bag for cosplayers. That's man. also exactly what I was looking for. At. I was like, "Oh, damn! You were thinking about this. You were thinking about this for me. I love that." 
She was a wealthy heiress and a one-time circus daredevil. I don't know what that means, but sure. I'm like, did she just go once or did she have a season with the circus? I don't know. I'm sure they didn't know either. Uh, And then she... They're uh, like, that's why she's acrobatic. Just don't ask questions. That's why she's acrobatic. (laughs) Just don't ask questions. Exactly. Um, Her weapons bag was contained with lipstick cases filled with tear gas, a compact with sneezing powder, charm bracelets that were actually hair cuffs, and an oversized hairnet to use to sneer used to snare criminals. I mean, I will say it's pretty totally spies. I it is. Which I love, but exactly. I know they were doing it to be sexist I'm like, I know you 50s. were doing this for the wrong reason. Have we considered bringing it back for the right for reason? For the right reason. Not with that woman because we've gone in a different direction. No. But yeah, but you you can bring it back with But someone. it would be so fun. A little totally spies here. Yeah, and then she uh, saved Batman from uh, his adventure, and he and Robin were like, Ooh, I don't know if we should accept a girl's help. Yeah. <laughs> it's, which, it's, Dick was such a little sexist oh my God. bitch before they rewrote him. He was the worst. The worst. <laughs> he was the worst. Yeah, well, he, he literally says, a girl saving you? It's ridiculous. That's yeah. my teen Dick Grayson He voice. says a bunch of rude things to Babs, too, and then they were like, let's wreck on this shit because he's actually a and fucking Batman was like, and, and then Batgirl was like, um, I'm going to put you on your knees if you say something like that again. <laughs> and he's like, yes, ma'am, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm so sorry, ma'am. <laughs> I'm actually the biggest himbo. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of played as a competition between Batwoman and Batman and, like, whether she's making them look like fucking amateurs all the time. And I hope so. She, she is. And she does. <laughs> um, and then, and then, so that all happens and the, it's like, is it the fact that it's from a woman that's the problem? Which is yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, so Batman finds out her identity and goes back to her house and is waiting for her and she walks in and he's like hello Kathy and basically like his manhood is restored and he gives her a drivel of how the crooks could find out her secret identity if she if he's uh, just as Batman right now he's dressed as Batman because he's a fucking creep and he didn't want to give away his secret identity does she know his secret identity no Oh, that would have been good if she was like, yeah, whatever, Bruce Wayne. Okay, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) If this was like this, then she would have been like, sure, cousin, (laughs) which would have been really fun. And he'd be like, I've been hitting on you. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. no. (laughs) But no, instead, she says, I I never thought of that. I guess you're right. I'll quit my career as Batwoman. Ew, absolutely not. Yeah. And they're like, don't do that. That was awful writing. I know. So yeah, she's given powers a few issues later for some real (laughs) weird reason. You know. You know. It happens. Gotham City shit. And Batman is immediately worried that she's going to use them to figure out his and Superman's (laughs) identities, which I guess by then they're like palling around so that he can be like, I don't know what Batwoman's doing. Clark! (laughs) Or Superman, because they probably don't know each other's identities at that point. Who knows? Whatever. Which... She does try to find out about what she's like. I've got these superpowers. Might as well. Um, doesn't work. And but she does end up stopping an avalanche and a big fucking fire. Which I'm like, she stopped. How do you stop an avalanche? You don't. That's not how we're, that's, that's not, not how nature how, works. That's not how it works. But sure, guys, that sounds great. Once an avalanche goes, it goes. Mm-hmm. Also, where the fuck is there an avalanche in Gotham? <laughs> Gotham is a dense city. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
nature won't do that. Yeah. But that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Like, an earthquake would have been bad. You can't stop an earthquake mm-hmm. either, but at least there would, there's a chance of an earthquake in Gotham City. Yeah. It was, it was a weird choice. But yeah, so she's like, oh, I wasn't able to figure out your identity, so I'll go home and never be Batwoman again, which she says like every other fucking issue. Batman replies, no, Batwoman, we think you've won. You've shown such cleverness and a courage that I can't ask you to drop your career you somehow completely. somehow stopped an avalanche. Just be careful. And then she replies, oh, Batman, Superman, you're darlings after all. And I thought that was hilarious. Didn't but the reason- either of you stop an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason that they kept her around is because they were getting a boost from sales for her. So yeah. they couldn't be like, well, write her off. But obviously mm-hmm. the writers wanted to write her off. <laughs> They're like, let's see how stupid we can make her so people don't like her anymore. They do bring in, so they bring in, in 1960, Batgirl with a dash in between. And okay. that is Betty Kane. Yes, I do know her. So Batgirl helped Batman, Robin... And Batwoman, uh, and she was billed as Batwoman's junior partner. We're on Betty Kane, Batgirl. Betty Kane, Batgirl. Batgirl. Yes. While Batgirl may not have been, may have been introduced to get more girls to buy comics, Robin really didn't like her and she really liked him. And he was like super not into her being really into him, which I'm like, aren't you, didn't you introduce this character to prove that he's not gay? No? Oh, okay. But at the time, what is he, like, 14? That yeah. almost fits the story, you it, know, of, like, boys being like, ew, ew, girls. You like me? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Me but everybody. also, Dick is very pansexual, everyone. Mm-hmm. They just won't admit it. This boy. <laughs> this boy is on so many pride covers. Pansexual disaster. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's extremely obvious. Uh, she's killed off in the 70s, and then in the 80s, there's an Elseworld version of her. Which is in like some weird armor. It's fine. Uh, there's crisis of on internet on infinite internet earths. That's the next one. Uh, crisis on infinite earths. Wouldn't be surprised. It happens, and we get a new version of Kathy, which is still Kathy, still hand uh, handbag Batman. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> handbag Batwoman comes back in the '90s, but is from another timeline. And they're doing, like, the the worlds are merging, blah, blah, blah. So Batman still recognizes her, but he's like, I shouldn't know who you are because we have too many worlds. And yeah. now we have to collect them all together again. And then we'll just put, put them all, all in my separate hand again. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the smart way to do it, unfortunately. Um, and then in 2005, when Silver St. Cloud is around, uh, you see they go to... Uh, Batman gives Silver St. Cloud a tour of his trophy room because he is the subbiest sub that ever subbed. And and in the Batcave, and hanging on the wall is a portrait of Batwoman that she had given um, Batman at the end of her first adventure. So, and then finally, now we get to the current version of Batwoman, who shares her name with the... Uh, her counterpart from the 60s, uh, 50s, debuted in 2006 in the seventh week of the publisher's year-long 52-weekly comic book, which was like, they had the crisis, and then it was like, we jumped a year in the future, and we're kind of retelling things that happened in the past. <sighs> Let's not talk too much about how DC's really bad at timelines, and then when they don't know what to do anymore, they're like, reset! Crisis! <laughs> I need a crisis! Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, not, uh, not their strong point. <laughs> it's established that she is a cousin of Batman's alter ego, Bruce Wayne, being niece to, uh, a niece to his mother. Which also, like, which is why everyone's so rich. Which is why everyone's so rich. <laughs> okay. Which is also why they're like it's now Batman is Jewish. Because he's related to that side of Kate Kane, and they've put it into comics recently that his mother was Jewish. Okay. So now we have that, which okay. is really cool. Yeah, cool. I think it was his mother. Yeah, it would make sense, because that's the relation that they have. Yeah. And if they're both, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was described as the highest profile gay superhero to appear in stories published by DC. Her sexual orientation drew wide media attention following her reintroduction, both as praise and criticism from the general public. The modern character is depicted in comic works relatively independently of Batman, but has uh, gained considerable profile in recent years, both within DC Comics' publishing schedule and within the fictional universe. She's a cameo queen. If you want to have a mm-hmm. queer character in your thing, you're probably going to pick Batwoman because she's because we all know that she's queer because she's been out since 2005. Mm-hmm. She's had several runs in her own eponymous uh, Batwoman monthly comic and has had stints in the leading role in Detective Comics, which Elegy is part of that, and in the flagship Batman comic book for which DC is named. In the limited series Infinite Crisis, DC editors called for a redesign of Batwoman, and Alex Ross took modification from modified Batgirl costume and he de- that he'd originally designed for Barbara Gordon. I don't know if that's... That he designed for Barbara Gordon. This is taken from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, But yeah, basically they were like, make it a new thing. And he he was like, I had to change the mask and hair to make it more Batwoman rather than Batgirl. Kind of looks like Huntress overall, but there weren't many options. So... Has Huntress come out? No, I don't think so. And she's... Also a bisexual disaster, but anyways. And I would argue very strongly that it would make sense for Huntress to be Arrow. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the girl does not do relationships. No. She does problems that I also <laughs> fuck. Uh, her and Dick's fan club. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I just, yeah. quick interruption there. <laughs> totally fair. And also that's dumb. I think the only thing that makes me think that they haven't done it is because like, she just hasn't been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, like... There are certain ones you could say, it's like, why are... Maybe yeah. she hasn't been around a lot recently. And then there's other ones where I'm like, I know you don't want to do it just because they're, like, your prized little mm-hmm. character, Dick yeah. Grayson. I'm like, just let him come out! Well, okay, so, side... Side thing again. But I just listened to the most recent episode of Cerebro, which had Jonathan Hickman, who did a lot of the... Um, he basically, like, headed the whole Krakoa thing... Mm-hmm. So, also, he's the one who was in charge of that one panel where, or A, the Summer's house where Gene and Logan and Scott are all living together in adjoining rooms. Mm-hmm. And the panel where Gene's like, Genie in a bikini. Or, no, Wolverine's like, Genie in a bikini, because Scott invi- invites Wolverine to their family vacation. And Scott's like, Scotty in a Speedo. And he's like, hmm. Okay, you're right. I'm there. (laughs) Yeah, and how that came about is he was like, what we can do is we can either have the Bible of who is dating who, or we can go back to the 80s where every X-Men is fucking every other X-Men. Which makes sense. Yeah, especially in a new world where you're not beholden by human Mm -hmm. rules. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So I thought that was... And then he was like... 
And what was the biggest and like most explosive way for me to be like, this is how we're doing it. One of the stupidest, angriest couple arguments in the world. And it's like, I'm just putting them all together. Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really fun. Any angry love triangle really should just be always improved. Just make it a threesome. Unless one part of the, like, unless one of the legs is just shitty. Yeah. Then just kick that leg off. But like, (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to Mm -hmm. not do that. But yeah, so unlike Silver Age, Kathy Kane, who was romantically attracted to Batman, this one is a cousin, so that would be weird. Also, yep. Kate Kane is a lesbian. Yeah. Her sexuality was introduced at the same time as her character was revealed in the spring of 2006. There were stories really fucking everywhere. Like, it was huge that they were doing that. And modern Kate Kane made her first comic appearance in issue 7 of the Maxi series 52, in which Kane is revealed to have romantically been involved with Renee Montoya, who is um, at this point in the story just like a former GCPD, Gotham City Police Department, um, and she later takes on the mantle of the question. Um, And when they were asked about the editorial decision, Dan Didio, who I hate, um, said it was from conversations that we'd had about expanding the DC universe for looking at levels of diversity. We wanted to have a cast that is much more reflective of t- today's society and even today's fan base, which I'm like, it should be at least 50% gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the reasons we made her gay is that when you have the Batman family, a series of characters that aren't superpowered and, ha- and inhabit the same circle in the same city, you want to have a point of difference. Which I'm like, doesn't make her different from most of the bats. No. Most of the bats. No, all of the bats like, are on the spectrum I somewhere. I truly... Like, the only one I don't know well enough is Duke. Yeah, I don't know Duke But he's a sunshine either. baby, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, first woman, the first version of Batwoman always felt like a straight man's take. And I'm going to show you some pictures. Okay. So this is Batwoman and... This is, this is Batwoman and Renee. And it's like, she's so femme. And like, not very her. No, it's just such I a. I mean, like, that's a hot dress, but you know. And then this is her costume. It has heels. Yeah, it's very like not. It's overly sexualized. Yeah. No, it's yeah. weird. It's just it, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the difference that comes after, like, I get the vibe is that we're trying. We still don't know why we're trying to be woke, but we know that we're supposed to. The vibe is. I personally don't know any lesbians, but they sound great. The vibe is, I still want this outfit to look hot to straight men. Gross. Yeah. It was a lot. It was like most of the representation of the time. And it's like a step in the right direction. But you let straight men write this and they don't know anything about Mm -hmm. it. And they're not going to bother asking. No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like how many? The list of straight men who are asking for references about people's uh, other people's lives. They're like, I could write anything. It's like, you really shouldn't. You shouldn't, though. (laughs) So I guess anyone could write anything if you put it that way. (laughs) For the record, though, 2006 was 17 years ago. Yeah, that's when (laughs) she um, was introduced as a character. In her civilian identity, she's a socialite. She's acquainted with Bruce Wayne as, like, cousins. She's presented with porcelain white skin, several tattoos. That's later when they actually make her into a character. And a clothing style that's like a kind of a 
rockabilly type deal that's in her civilian persona. Her father is an army colonel. She's stated to be the cousin of Betty in the comics, who later turns into Flamebird. Uh, at 2008 New York Comic Con, it was uh, announced that she would be appearing as part of the Justice League comic book, which I never read, so I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> and then in that year, she took the lead character in Detective Comics, starting with 854, and in 2009, they were like, at, at New York Comic Con, they were like, she would be DC's highest profile gay superhero. DC, your arms must be getting tired from patting yourselves on the back so much. Oh my fucking god. You can see why that's an issue, right? Because, first of all, high profile is not what I would super call Batwoman. No. Still, still no. these days you have people who are... I'd still like, say she's only B-list. Exactly. And at the time, she was probably C-list. Well, at the time, she was a foil to fucking Renee, yeah. which, like, isn't, you know... Which I love Renee, and that's not, like, a problem, but she's just Renee's girlfriend in yeah. any of this shit. So, like, wouldn't that make Renee your most well-known? Mm-hmm. Oh, no? No, it's just the name, and you guys are really getting a, a workout, and I'm like, good fucking lord. Uh, and then, and then, after three years spent exclusively as Renee Montoya's di- uh, supporting character, Batwoman breaks out in her into her own stories, and she shares a, le- a year of detective com- detective comics with the question. So, like half these issues, it would be like a Batwoman issue, and then like in the back half, it would be a Renee issue. Okay, um, it was interesting. That's not what's collected in LG. That's just all the Batwoman chunk. Okay. Uh, I cannot say how vastly fucking different this feels to the previous stuff. First of all, Greg Rucka is an incredible writer, and J.H. Williams' art, you can see, is stark and vibrant and tells a chunk of the story in itself. Uh, when they released the new art of Batwoman's costume, which I will pull up for you, because it's in here and it makes such a fucking difference. You're like, oh my god. So first we have all of this. This is who she is as a person, and these are like pictures of her as a person, but then they have all of the details of her outfit. Mm-hmm. They have like like the inside of her gloves is ribbed, this long hair, because she has this long hair as Batwoman, but she's got this short little bob as Kate, and the long hair is designed as a detachable wig, so that if somebody tries to grab it when she's fleeing... She can just, it will still keep running. Exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, she's got these flat shoes. say flat. It's all smart and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it and somebody put thought into it. And yes. That's huge. So yeah, when I saw that, I like went fucking feral when I saw that costume thing went come out. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own gloves and I'm gonna make the side ribbed, and I obviously did not do she that. She did not do that. Mm-hmm. And then I lost my gloves and I had to wear like big fucking snow gloves for Christmas. Halloween. I did not wear this for Christmas. <laughs> Greg Rucka had intended to do uh, Batwoman ongoing prior to all of this, and then there was a bi- the big New York Times article that was like, Batwoman's gay, which I tried to read, but the New York Times was like, you have to pay us. And I was like, for this? It's an article that came out so many years ago. I know. If the article is over fucking three years old, uh, it should be free. It's not a big deal anymore. Come on. It's not new news anymore. I tried to find a free version of it and couldn't. Basically, DC made a huge stink about having this gay character and then kind of sidelined them. 
And then by 52's conclusion, they were like, oh, we should probably do something about that. They were also, not at this time, but later. And so I don't know about specifically at this time because I can't remember. I do remember later. But DC constantly, not as much anymore, but constantly having like real issues with gay shit. They'd hired Orson Scott Card, who is a known homophobe, to write a Superman thing, like, not too far after this. And, and then, so. Not a good look, DC. Yeah. So he'd, uh, so Rucka was like, I'd been told that I was getting on this, so I wrote, like, a fucking Bible for it to figure out who she is, because the only thing that we know about her is that she's a lesbian, and she, (laughs) this is a direct quote. And then there was, um, all of a sudden, everyone in the world knew that she was a lesbian, and that she had red hair, and that she wore lipstick, apparently. (laughs) And Grant's like, guess I have to make this into a person. God. Um, as a result, we were told we needed to use her in the new, in the 52. So when Grant, Jeff, Mark, and I were working on 52, we had to take hold of this character and try and figure out a way to use her in some way over the year. We did the best that we could, but we sat on their heels and then they were like, here, fine, let's make it. Let's fucking have it. But yeah, the only things that you know about her is that she's Jewish, redheaded, a lesbian, and can kick ass and once had a thing from Renee Montoya, which tells you a little. It doesn't tell you a lot. And um, in the interview, he doesn't really tell her, tell them like what she's going to be. But he's like, she's got a distinct personal tragedy as a uh, requisite to wear the mantle. She's figuring out a reason to go out and beat people up at night. And the reason has to be not that you just get off on beating people up at night. And he also said that for everyone else, when they put on the bat costume, it's a costume. And for Kate, it's a uniform. And that's like, which Kate is, she was in the military before. She ex-military. Exactly. That's the word. (laughs) Like military, like not pre-military. That's not a thing. Nope. Nope. But yeah, for Kate, it's a difference of following like the man versus following the ideal. For Kate, the the bat doesn't mean Batman. It's like a flag. It's like an emblem to fight behind. Uh, she has a distinct sense of style that you can see. Like, she makes sense as a queer woman <laughs> in these books, where she didn't before. Or, you know, not that, like, she makes sense as a queer woman you would know. Mm-hmm. And as a queer woman you would know and look at and be like, oh, I bet the barista compliments you on your eye makeup all the time. <laughs> we know. But yeah, so her and her costume has so many details that make sense. She's got the flat boots with the really thick soles. She's got a belt which has a bigger pouch in the back for a gun. Because uh, sometimes she shoots people with non-lethal shit. Uh, she has... Um, and then smaller pouches, which I'm like, again, Batwoman is a character that will always be designed to let you carry your shit with mm-hmm. you. Which is beautiful. And you and I do the big pouch in the back. Yeah. It's a classic for mm-hmm. a reason because you need a big you fucking need a big pouch. Fucking pouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mask goes over her ears, but there's slits there so that she can hear things that are around her. I'm like, you really thought about this a lot. So it's awesome, so cool. Uh, and then Elegy is the one that really introduces her. That's my favorite Batwoman story. So before we get into the Dumney 52 stuff, let's get into it. So Elegy opens up with a woman, uh, with Batwoman looking for answers. She's beating somebody up, a uh, criminal, and basically being like, 
She's trying to find out the name of the head of the crime religion. The crime religion, I'm not going to go super into. Okay. Because it's complicated and dumb and has okay. a lot of paranormal and monsters and shit. Okay. And I'm like, why did this happen? But it happened because of all of Renee's stuff. So okay. we have to keep up this shit. And she kind of, she shows up as a character right after Batman dies and then comes back. Okay. So, but yeah, he pops in and he ch- he's kind of checking in on her and she's like, I'm good. And he's like, that one's all yours. I'll be watching if you need help. And then he's like, you should do something about your hair because one pull and the fight's over. And she's like, I'll take it under advisement. And then the next panel, she's taking off her mask with the attached hair. And she has this short little rockabilly. It's like such a good note. Being mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. I'm sure you know what you're doing. Yep. Bitch, yeah, do you I'll, think I didn't I'll, think about this? I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next scene after that is her and her girlfriend breaking up because uh, she's at a midnight bar and her girlfriend's like, or she's out at midnight all the time and her girlfriend is like, it's weird and you're clearly not sleeping and you're not sleeping anywhere and it seems like this and she's like, I can't tell you why I'm out. And of course, it's like, you're cheating on me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It makes sense. Uh, Back at her house, her dad is the main man in the chair and um, because he was clearly, he was in the military, he's ex-military, he... No, you get that right off the bat. Um, he's also concerned because in the last shit with all of um, Renee and all of that, she got stabbed in the heart during crisis. And she, he's like, can you please watch out for yourself? And she's like, I haven't forgotten what it feels like to be helpless. And he's like, that's not what I said. Not what I'm talking that about. is not what I said. So backflash to whatever the fuck that goddamn shit is. It's the religion of crime. It's so weird. But yeah, so she gets stabbed in the heart by a crazy religious sect that was obsessed with carving out her heart. And she's like, I can't think about that now. I have to like figure out they have a new leader. There's 13 covens within Gotham City. They've all gone into like hyperdrive of the new leader's arrival in town. And Kate's like, I got to figure this fucking shit out because these people keep targeting me. And I'm like, just trying to live my fucking life. Just trying to beat up some bad guys. Okay. Jesus. But yeah, so, uh, she has her own little kind of like a bat cave in a hidden section of her extremely nice apartment. Of course. Rich people shit. Uh, mostly supplied by her father, um, and his ex-military bros who owed him some favors. Which is perfect for the hunch that she's about to embark on. And aside from providing his daughter f- with her equipment, he also oversees... He's he's her oracle. He oh. knows she's Batwoman? Yes. Okay. So he knows. You find that out later. Because they do a flashback kind of after everything. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he knows because... <laughs> He's like, I smell tear gas on all of your fucking clothes, Kate. And she's like, oh. And he's like, please don't steal that stuff when I can get it for you for free. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can just get it for you. Okay. But yeah, so uh, she ducks out of a dinner with her stepmother and her dad so that she can go fight. And she goes to hit hit each of the covens one by one to try to figure out who the new religion of crime head is. And it turns out it's this woman uh, dressed as a psychedelic Alice in Wonderland with skin like powder, powder white. And then like... The way that they draw her, they draw... Everybody else has, like, these stark outlines, and her outline is always, like, this very pastel, so she Mm -hmm. looks extremely ghostly. Uh, But Kate's like, 
well, I'm not here to visit. And she pops out a gun and shoots her with it. And it turns out that she, uh, it was like a, a gas pellet gun and it starts to uh, constrict her airways. And she kind of scoops Alice and escapes with her to be like, what the fuck? Gives her like a cure or, you know, gives her something so that she won't be losing her mind and not being able to breathe. And is like, I need you to breathe for answers. That's kind of an important thing. And she's trying to talk to Alice and Alice is fucking Looney Tunes. She is a nightmare. She's falling down off of the ledge and she's like, ooh, reaching towards it, shit like that. She is crazy, crazy, very crazy. She really believes that she's Alice from uh, Alice in Wonderland and not ideal, friend. <laughs> uh, also, there's something about Alice's face that looks reminiscent. And it's, it's just one of those things when you're first reading the comics, you're like, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people have, like, that same face problem. I mean, it's art. Like, exactly. When an artist draws, a lot of times they look similar. Yeah. It's your art style. <laughs> yeah. So she might be loony, but she's still very cunning. She knows that despite Kate's threats, otherwise she's not going to drop her off the building and she won't kill because she's, like, a bat. She's doing the bat thing. She's not killing people. So, um... She and Alice are, like, talking and kind of fighting. Alice spits. Alice pulls a razor blade that she had hidden in her mouth into her teeth and then, like, slashes at Kate's face. And it turns out that the fucking razor blade is has, like, fucking poison in of it. it she's does. like, of course you're a batshit loony person. You have this poison just sitting in your mouth for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... um as the poison takes hold, she struggles for purchase on the ground that's now shifting, and everything feels really dreamlike and terrible. And Alice grabs her to, like, try to basically cut her head off or, like, slit her throat, and she grabs the hair. And that's the only reason that she's able to get away. And she's able to dive off the ledge, look for safety. Why wasn't this bitch tied up? Um, I think... Probably she didn't, A, she probably didn't think that she was as much of a threat. She'd already thrown, like, she takes the knife off of, like, she'd thrown away all of her weapons. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't expecting that some fucking demon child has a little I mean, this is true, razor in her let mouth. Let this be a fucking lesson to mm-hmm. all of y'all. And also, I don't know, if you tie somebody with their arms up, they still could probably razor teeth face you. Yeah, but I mean, if they're but yeah. like tied to a chair... Tied to a chair would be a different thing. They're on, like, a rooftop. So she's, like, taking her with her. There's definitely a better way to plan this. But also, this is a useless lesbian that we're talking about. (laughs) Understand. (laughs) Who also is just getting over being actually stabbed in the heart. We're not planning. Too well. Things, period. At all. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah, she uh, is thrust into, like, a battle zone from long since past, which is um, basically because because of the poison, like, whatever psychotropic bullshit is going on. She, so she's remembering the kidnapping when she and her family got kidnapped as a kid, seeing a burlap, burlap sack concealing a face with a, button, a bullet, bullet hole at the top, a buttonhole at the top. Oh, well. Um... And, you know, just, like, fucking fever delusion. She looks up at a faceless image and is like, 
Renee. And then her dad's like, nope, it's me. You just can't see because drugs. <laughs> oh, hi, lovely yeah. daughter. Mm-hmm. So he goes to come find her. And then uh, all of the order of the crime religion, religion of crime, are coming after them. And then all of a sudden, these... And this is the weird part of this story, which is probably, again, the religion of crime is weird. And we keep having to run into these fucking weirdos. Three monstrous beast men begin to emerge from the shadows. And uh, they're not related to the religion of crime anymore. They actually think that shit is dumb. Fair. So the wolfman basically like scoops up Kate, tells her dad to follow, and is like, we'll get you out of here. And they do. But they're talking about being like a true believer and one of the crime religion like prophecies is basically the twice named daughter of Kate needs to die and it's like you guys are real <laughs> real real working for this okay and like is she twice named because she's Batwoman and Kate Kane are we really just going to say the twi- like a daughter of Kane is just a daughter of somebody with the last name Kane prophecies are wild and mostly stupid so yeah kate's like i'm ready to go the next day and her dad's like no you're fucking not and he's like why don't you come with me to this charity ball and take a night off and she's like do i have to fucking fine but if i'm going i'm wearing a tuxedo and i know your wife's not gonna fucking like it (laughs) So yeah, she ends up, uh, she shows up in her stylish black tie tuxedo. Uh, some, her mother-in-law is like, oh, why are you trying to draw attention? She's like, I'm not trying to draw attention. I'm just trying to make sure that I don't get hidden. Like, which also like, yeah, her mom's kind of a fuck, her, not her mom. Her mom is dead. Her stepmom. Her stepmom is a butt, a, a, is a butt or a bitch. Those both almost came out at the same time. She was a botch. But yeah, so she's like, okay, there's that. And she, um, at one point during that, she, another woman in a tuxedo comes up to her and is like, you know, the best thing about wearing a tuxedo is that if I'm wearing one and you're wearing one, I'm actually pretty chill with it. And it's really chill. And her name is Maggie Sawyer. She's part of the uh, Gotham Police Detectives. Mm, special crime unit, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's basically working, like, directly against that woman. And she's like, hey, they talk about the fact that they're both getting over exes. And she's like, since I'm not with that ex, I can ask you for a dance. And they, and it's really cute, blah, blah, blah. You know, not super important. You also, well, except for that it's going to be the beginning of her next relationship. Um, and then you also have young Betty is at, um, the dance and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And then Kate, like, almost immediately leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going though. Bye. They have a dance and then she, uh, gets some startling news from her werewolf friend who is not in werewolf mode right now. And she's like... Alice wants to wipe Gotham City off the map. She doesn't want to just murder you, Kate Kane. It's not all about you. Um, And she does have a way to do this. And then she, uh, Kate figures out like, okay, probably the best way to do that here would be this military place. And she calls her dad. And then when they pick up, it's actually Alice who is like, um, he's my hostage now. Do, do, do. And her dad yells out a bunch of like military garbage 
that Kate understands. That Kate understands so she can find him. Um, So, yeah, she goes to the base to go find and save her dad. Alice is trying to blanket the entirety of Gotham in a, like, a thick cloud of cyanide. And I'm like, you're... Batman isn't worried about this? I think Batman is literally dealing with the rest of the other shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotham is a nightmare. Yeah. No one yeah, should live there. This, no, I don't know why anyone does. No one should live mm-hmm. there. Kyle Abbott is the name of the werewolf, which is really fun because it's a knockback to Larry Abbott, which was the original wolfman. Okay. He's apparently well-connected enough that he's able to find her an aircraft and he can fly her to the other plane that they're on. Because, of course, they're on a plane. Everything is a nightmare. So, so yeah. Alice is on a plane with her dad and her minions where they're going to dump cyanide okay. gas. Kyle, werewolf Kyle. Perfect. Uh, takes a plane over and is like, okay, uh, I'm not going to be able to fly that plane when I get down there. And Kate's like, it's fine. My dad will get it. And she's like, I'm just going to jump. And he's like, okay. Sounds good. Okay. She gets in there and the two women engage in combat. Naturally, the fight spills out of the cabin and onto the wing of the plane because that's comics and that's how things go. And as always, um, the Batman rule, which is what Kate's father puts it, is in effect meaning that no matter how evil and terrible Alice may be, Kate's determined not to let the fight end in a fatality. A gust of wind catches Alice off guard and threatens to toss her into the unforgiving bay below. Um, Good lord. Such purple prose. The unforgiving bay below. And Kate reaches out and grabs her hand. And, like, then you see a strange emotion takes over Alice's face. And she seems lost for a minute and then really fixates herself on Kate with a sense of, like, coherence that she hasn't had through most of it. She reaches up and stabs into um, Kate's arm. And then she says, you have our father's eyes. And Kate, like, tries to, like, reach for her, but she's got a dagger in her arm, and she falls, <laughs> Alice falls to her, presumably, her death. And then, and then all of the color in her world turns to fully black and white and grayscale. Wait, whose does? Uh, Kate's. So, like, everything in Kate's world is just black and white, because okay. she's... Re- because she's received this extremely horrifying piece of knowledge. Oh, okay. That this is her twin sister. Twin sister? Yes. Then immediately afterwards you get a flashback. But here, this is what I wanted to show with the, like, that's Kate, that's Alice. And it's just, like, every single picture of them is, mm-hmm. they have the so same face. They and you think that, like, oh, it's the, just comics. Yeah, the, yeah. But it's been telling you from, like... The beginning. Yeah. From the exact yeah. from the beginning, they have ex- like she and Kate and her dad all have the exact same shade of eyes. Like it's it's such good fucking storytelling. It's so good. So the next issue is it's twenty years later, which I'll show you that one too. And so the difference from this shit, which is very painterly and like mm-hmm. to it goes to like almost old comics look yeah. where it's all flat colors it looks like it could have been colored in the four color printing that they were doing yep, before definitely as a flashback which is really cool yeah that is cool like you guys did such a good job yeah, at this that's cool. but yeah so they um it's two little girls 
in pigtails playing soccer with each other and they're twins. They go to see their mom in a military base. Um, their mom is in the military and their dad's at some active war type thing. They are all thick as thieves. The twins get along like a house on fire. You know, they're twins. And more than that, they're fictional twins. Eat the twins in the Eat room. Twin in the room. <laughs> what a terrible hymn. <laughs> But yeah, so they're, uh, it's like they, there's one scene where they're talking and, um, Beth is like, this boy has a crush on you at school. And Kate's like, why do you know that? She's like, well, he confessed to me, but you know, I thought you should know. (laughs) Um, Beth, did I say that right? Beth is like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Kate's like, okay, weird. Um, and then they see their car, like, they get back to their house and there's, like, a moving truck and they're like, we, you know, it's that military brat life where you're constantly moving mm-hmm. away from yeah. your friends. And Beth says, we've got each other and we'll, Kate and we'll always be together. And as that's happening, that fades away and it gets back to basically... Like, the next scene is they're saying they haven't found the body, and Commissioner Gordon is talking to Captain Sawyer, which I will say, during the, like, dance scene with um, Maggie and Kate earlier, they're talking about how there are a lot of lesbian detectives, (laughs) and Maggie's like, yeah, because Commissioner Gordon has a really good system there. And I'm like, oh, Commissioner Gordon said... Lesbians are Lesbian key. Lesbian rights. <laughs> Lesbians are key to a good, a yeah. good uh, cop community. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon said ally, and we were all there with him. <laughs> yeah, so that that made me. I was like, oh, that's nice. But yeah, so uh, they're talking to Colonel Kane, and he's like, can't really figure out. And and Kate is back at the Batcave because she's like, I'm not going to be stuck with all of this fucking shit. But also, I'm dealing with so much. <laughs> oh, hey, cuz. You want to help me with your other cuz? Hey, that would be so cool. <laughs> I need some help with your cuz. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's uh, she takes the DNA she, that she got off of Beth, or um, Alice. Beth is Alice's yes. real name. Yes. Did I say that? I can't I, Well, you just talked about it in the, in the flashback. Yeah. She is testing that, and her dad's, like, through the door, but she's got him locked out, and she's like... <laughs> absolutely ignoring him because she's like this is fucking bullshit this is information that i should have known and i didn't and now here we are and there's another flashback where it's their birthday and their dad didn't show up and because they didn't show up because he's off on some security thing they want to do something special for their birthday so they go to their and they're overseas i think they're in england i don't know they go somewhere fun to get like uh chocolate waffles and their mom, like, they all pile into the car, and then they get in a car accident, and it turns out it's not an accidental accident, because they're being targeted, and they're being kidnapped. So they all have bags put over their heads. It's, like, black for a while, and then you hear her get saved by her dad, and she, when he's like, look at me, look at me, but she also sees all of these bodies around her with bags over their heads Mm -hmm. and bullets in them and things like that. Um, and then it is another flashback to seven years ago, and it's Kate in the army. And she's got a picture with her and Beth from when they were kids. Um, and she's meeting up secretly with a girlfriend. And then the next scene, uh, one of her superiors asks to talk to her and um, basically needs to see her right away. And they say she's in violation of uh, Article 125, 
of Uniform Code of Military Justice, and he's like, you can tell me that it's a mistake or a misunderstanding, and you'll still graduate and stay in the army. And that's the one where it's like, you're gay, and you're doing gay shit, mm. and we're trying to keep that shit quiet here, even though it's been here since the fucking beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, just making sure that I'm the only one who's facing this. This is only an accusation about me. I don't want to like take somebody else down because they weren't ready. And he's like, no. Well, he, he's like, I'm not supposed to tell you, but no. And she's like, yeah, I'm a cadet says that they will not, lie, cheat, steal, or suffer others to do so, and I'm sorry I can't, I'm gay, and she's booted out of the, out of the army for that. Um, so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. And she comes home, and um, they. it's before when her dad is getting married to his stepmom, and her mom, uh, stepmom is like, oh, we didn't think that you'd be able to get home before uh, the wedding, and she's like, I... I'm looking for my dad. And she goes to him and she's like, I've been separated from the army. And she tells him why. And he's like, you couldn't tell your, um, superiors. Thank you. Superior officer, uh, what he needed to hear. And she was like, not without lying. And he's like, that's fine. I'm proud of you. Uh, you've kept your integrity and, and I'm really proud of you. This was the right thing. And your mother would have been proud of you too. Uh, what are you going to do now? So what she does now is the party girl thing and being a mess and having a bad relationship with Renee where she is just a nightmare and like constantly not doing anything and not making her life into anything. And Renee's like, you're... This isn't working. I, I need to leave. I need to... You need to fucking figure yourself <laughs> out. It's like, I... Somebody needs to take care of you, but it can't be me. And it actually has to be you. Please go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Please go to therapy. And Kate's like, but what if I fought people? <laughs> no. Yeah, which is the next scene. So she, uh, then one night after she's like come back from something, um, some random dude tries to mug her and she fights back and she like takes him down. And she does end up falling at one point. And Batman shows up as she's beating this guy up. And he's like, you clearly got this one handled. But, you know, just helps her up and that sort of thing. And she's like, this is the only thing that has made me feel alive and like a person and like the way that I can serve in the entirety of the time that I've left the military. So this is it. This is the thing I'm going to do. She continues to be a destructive piece of shit for a while, though, because, you know, it's a nightmare. There's one crime scene where Renee breaks it up and she's like, Jesus Christ, you really need to get your shit together. And I can't do it. You have to fucking do it. So shortly after that, she starts doing vigilante work. And like I said, her dad finds out because she put tear gas on something. And he's like, I can smell this. And I know that you're stealing all of these things in order to make the weapons. And that's not great. And she's like, you've got to understand this is like the only purpose that I've found. The bat symbol is a... Uh, the bat is a symbol they shine in the skies. Civilians think it's a call for help. The bad guys think it's a, mo- a warning, but it's more than that. It's a call to arms, and I have found my way to serve. And her dad's like, okay, I've got a bunch of ex-military dudes who owe me favors, so we'll do this together. Um, so they use a bunch of stolen military equipment purchased off the black market, and then they use military equipment that all of Jacob's former special forces people are like, here, do you want a thing? Here's a weird thing. That's fine, you got it. I hear your daughter's doing some cute things. <laughs> it's just gotta be like, all old men who are like, 
Oh, that's nice that your daughter's doing. That's nice. That's nice that your daughter's... What does she need this gun gas thing for? Oh, okay. That's oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And it's really cute. So she goes off to train for like two years to figure it out. Cause she's, he's like, if you're going to do this, you fucking got to do it right. And when she gets back, um, they have like their little bat cave that he's been set up for and he has a suit and, um, which explains, which explains the fucking old suit mm-hmm. because it's really cute. And she's like, are those heels? And he's like, those are the only boots that I could find in red. And red is a really good color that doesn't pop during the nighttime. That's why whenever you use, like, a star, like, things to look at the stars and figure out what they are apps for that, they have, like, a red thing because red light doesn't... Yeah. It's not very, very visible. Yeah. It's the least visible light, so that makes sense. Also, so red and black is Javura, which is the pillar of severity. It basically means power in Hebrew. Um, so it's the Hebrew colors of war. So he's like, that would be a good thing. And it's like the, the whole suit is together and he puts, he like pins a bat symbol on the front. And he's like, just so everybody knows what side you're on. Uh, so back in the present, she gets the DNA back and it is the identical, like there, somebody's like, yeah, these are, these are identical twins. I already talked about how the imagery has been telling you through mm-hmm. the entire yeah. fucking thing. But it's it's so fucking smart, and like you usually don't get to see levels and levels of storytelling like that. Oh, so smart. Um, so Kate confronts her dad, and she's like, "You told me that she was dead," and he's like, "You were twelve, and your mother had been murdered, and the girl that I found with you when we rescued you wasn't Elizabeth, and I didn't want to tell you that she's out there somewhere, and bad things are probably happening to her. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, and I thought it was the oh, so right she choice. knew she had a twin." That wasn't like something she didn't oh, no. know. Yeah, so she knows she that just she has the twin. Died with her but mom. She thought that the twin died in the um, car accident with her mom. Kidnapped or the kidnapping with mm-hmm. her mom. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what she was told when yeah. she was twelve. And then, um, yeah, he was like, "What am I supposed to tell you? Beth wasn't there." And also, just like that. Well, and I'm assume I'm sure he assumed that she would have been dead anyways. Assume, yeah. Like even if she assume wasn't she found, was I didn't see her body. But also, if they like, took her somewhere, they're probably gonna kill her. He's like also probably been living with for his entire life, wondering whether she's dead or not, and yeah. didn't want to. It's like it makes sense. These yeah. are things that you like. If you could not tell somebody, that's your best bet because mm-hmm. it's going to be extremely fucking hurtful. And he's like, also that lunatic wasn't your sister. That lunatic was fucking Alice. Alice isn't your sister. Elizabeth is dead. And Kate's like, I know. I watched her fall to her death in front of me. I killed her. And that is the end of Elegy. So yeah, after the success of Elegy in uh, 2010, they announced that there would be another um, Batwoman series with J.H. Williams, who was co-writing with... uh, W.H. Hayden Blackman, and uh, it was introduced as a zero issue in 2010, and then it was relaunched in for the DC New 52. So during this time, they kind of flesh out their relationships. We get Betty coming in as Flamebird, doing the sidekick gig. Kate continues to date Maggie. She declines a position Batman Inc., which is probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you don't need money, so there's literally no reason for yeah. you to be in Batman Inc. Sure. Uh, she ends up running into a lot of weird, vaguely paranormal shit 
which I think has a lot to do with the crime bible and all that stuff. She does team-ups here and there when you need a lesbian. And some... I'm like, oh, when okay. You, when you need your, your token mm-hmm. lesbian. Yeah. Your token queer. <laughs> and then after a few, a few stories and a couple of years of that, Kate reveals her identity to Maggie and asks her to marry her. And Maggie says yes. And then in 2000, in September 2013, co-authors J.H. Williams and W. Um, w. Hayden Blackman announced that they would be leaving Batwoman after the December issue because of conflicts with DC over storylines. They remarked that they weren't allowed to expand Killer Croc's backstory, which is a bummer because I think in the New 52, Killer Croc is also being Roy's sponsor. Okay. Which I love! Okay. Like, there's a lot that's bad in that fucking story. <laughs> Here we but, are. But that's cute. <laughs> and they weren't allowed to show Kate and Maggie getting married. So they were allowed to get engaged, but they weren't allowed to get that's married. So and weird. also, this thing came on the tail. Like, that's when they had been like, we're going to bring in Orson Scott Card, known homophobe, to write Superman. So I think that they probably were like, we'll let the gays get a, get one win so that we can still do this other thing. Mm-hmm. They also barely publicized it. And that's a yeah. huge thing. And like, especially with the beginning of the New 52 and Alan Scott coming out, they made a huge fucking deal about that, even though it was Earth 2 and didn't count. And they immediately fridged his boyfriend. They did not, like, there was really almost no publicity about this. So it was really fucking weird. It's one of those things where they're just like, well, we did the thing. <laughs> when people are like, you suck. Yeah. And, and, but we did this. Yeah. Dan Didio's reasoning was because heroes shouldn't have pa- happy personal lives. And they were like, it's not, it's not a homophobic thing. It's, it's just a thing. No one can get married. And, uh, and J.H. William was like, so do you think blocking a gay marriage isn't homophobic because you're doing it to everybody else? Because it seems pretty homophobic to me. Just fucking saying. But yeah, he was like, basically, in recent months, DC has asked us to alter or completely discard many long-standing stories in ways we feel compromise the character and the series. We were um, forced to drastically alter the original ending of our current arc, which would have defined Batwoman's history, a heroic future in bold new ways, and most crushingly prohibited from ever letting Kate and Maggie get married. All of these editorial decisions came last minute after a year or more of planning and plotting on their end. Which I'm like, oh my fucking god. And that's what they do, because they want to try to back them into a corner. Exactly. And be like, And they were like, no, fuck you, we're leaving, and we're letting everybody know that you suck. But yeah, so they were heartbroken to leave the title, and I think that was probably one of the smart things that they did. Uh, at the time, uh, Greg Rucka, who was not writing it, but like, but he wrote this, um, elegy was, he said, I think comics are catching up with other mo- mainstream media like TV and movies. And I think they're catching up in the way mainstream comics always have. They're the last to do it. Superhero comics are an extreme, extraordinary, extraordinarily conservative medium because of persistent, worthum effect of won't somebody think of the children? And when I say it's a conservative medium, it's paradoxically conservative because it's not necessarily politically so, but it's bound by its history. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, when people think of comics, they just automatically think of children. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we can't yeah. do anything adult. Which, like, comics haven't been marketed to children. No. 
since probably the 90s. No. Like, or or they have and they're specific. But they're specific kids' comics. Yeah. If you're a bad enough parent that you're just letting your kid, yeah. kid get whatever the fuck they want without doing any research, that's on you. So, basically, right after that, it got cancelled, which, of fucking course, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what? Probably for the better, because other than someone stepping in and just doing mm-hmm. whatever they wanted them to do and destroy everything that they were writing. And it's nice It's nice when artists and, and writers are like, you know what? Fuck you, no. It's I'm not, not worth doing the money it. and the time yeah, it's to not do worth this. it. They're destroying something yeah. I am passionate about. This is really important, yeah. and we want people to know how important yeah. you think of it. Yeah, so, like, like yeah. Those, and that makes those are names you, I'll carry. Yes. Forever. And those are the ones when you read the comics that they wrote, you know they actually care and they weren't just mm-hmm. like gerrymandering. Is that the I mean, correct word there? Like, but like, you know, brown nosing and just trying yeah. to go with the times and please. We're pandering. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, they actually cared and mm-hmm. wanted that. Yeah. No, they're trying to like, like they knew Kate and loved Kate. Yeah. And that's. A big difference from mm-hmm. Dan Danio, who's like, I don't think anybody should be happy. I'm like, I think you should be unhappy for the rest of your life, sir. <laughs> Personally. I, I'm guessing he is, so. I was going to say, problem solved. Did that on my own without <laughs> having to do literally anything, because you are an unhappy piece of shit man. <laughs> and then, so, once the DC rebirth in 2016 was um, announced, it was said that she would be one of the lead characters uh, in the revamp of Detective Comics. I'm not going to give a synopsis of all of that because, A, I haven't really read any of that. Mm-hmm. But I will say that Alice is obviously not dead. And she does end up, like, getting to, like, heal and then not heal. You know how it is. If you're Comics. if you're a villain, somebody's going to be like, what if we just broke them a little again to make them a villain again? Mm-hmm. Like, every five minutes. Yep. So... But, um, yeah, that's Batwoman, that's Elegy, that's where she came from, from being, like, housewife Batman to, she's a lesbian, guys, look how woke we are, to a fully realized character with supporting characters and relationships. I feel like she's a perfect example of not everything starts the right way, but a lot of those things will get the chance to be something bigger and more important when someone who gives a shit about all of the stuff that makes them important takes a liking to them. Happy Pride! Read this book. It's Read so it. fucking good. It is too. truly some of the most beautiful art that I've yeah, ever seen in pretty. any comic. I love that Star Trek does what adventure programs do. It's fun characters going on adventures, wearing colorful outfits, but it tries to be more than that. It tries to say something more about humanity and tries to encourage us to be better people. I love that it gives a really positive and really hopeful view of the future. I like that you never know what you get with Trek from Captain Pike to Picard to Captain Proton. I like the Ferengi. Earth Station Trek, a show where we talk about Star Trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm going to start by saying, you did another bat person, and I purposely didn't do fucking Magnus Archives, because I would do it two weeks in a row, and you did a bat person, so I'm a little salty. That's fair. That's fair. She's a different red and black bat person, but I am going to be red and black bat people for two years in a row. Two weeks in a row. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. And I almost changed. Like... 
Literally, I have a stack of the Wicked and the Divine, which is an extremely queer series. And I was like, maybe. And then I was like, I've been meaning to do Kate the last three years. Yeah, that's fair. Just, I'm just salt because I purposely didn't do Magnus You're Archives because of that. You're not wrong. <laughs> and we talked about that. Yep. <laughs> you could have, as it turns out. I'm terrible. <laughs> well, and I've done comics for like four weeks now. I'm like, yeah, the next topic has to be different, man. Yeah, but I kept maybe three. Maybe uh, it's only three. But yeah, no, I was like, and I was like, I'm not going to do, I wasn't going to, and then you were like, it's the Pride episode next, and I was like, fuck, (laughs) I've planned for Kate for like a fucking year. No. It's it's totally fair, but, but I just wanted to but say. But man, I'm did salty. I fuck up the timing? As on soon it. as you said it, I was like, "So, <laughs> can't believe this bitch did this." After she t- was like, "Can't can't do that." You just did an episode on Magnus Archives, <laughs> and I fully didn't put together that I was doing that. I that I did that, and I'm like, "Can't do Batman, just did Batman." I'm like, "I'm doing Batman." <laughs> I'm doing a fucking Batman. Batwoman, so I'm fine. <laughs> oh no. Well, okay, shit. But anyways, sh- it's a lot of a topic. Uh, <laughs> um, and so my topic today is actually I'm going to be talking about multiple characters that are more just sort of uh, like C list and D list. So there's not really enough to uh, talk about, give them a full episode, yes. but they are important. A lot of them were the start of things in our queer community yeah. and they deserve the love for it. And, um, well, like, and, and also if you don't like a C and D list character, you're a yes. bad person, you have bad taste. Yeah. Cause there's a few on here that I wanted to do like a folding on and I'm like, there's just not, I can get like there's three paragraphs. Yeah. Like that's it. Like, like a five issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can't do it. And it's overall, I did some anime, video games, manga, yeah. um, comic books. So lesser I, I, known yes. queer characters. Yes. So lesser known queer one you want to be drawn as. Okay, yes. So, I didn't put them in any sub. They, I think they happen to be in like video game, anime, manga, comic because that's how I did my list when I was writing them out, but they're not in a specific order for any specific reason. My typical um, fandom, uh, Wikipedia, whatever random anime websites that I found mm-hmm. that told me, yeah. a little, give me a little synopsis. Mm-hmm. I think some of the gamer ones were like the game FAQ websites or GameStop, you know, just to yeah. get some of those I didn't things. mention Newsarama, but that was all of the like old interviews that mm-hmm. I had to read were yeah. on that. And some things I will quote, but though it will from something that I read, but it tells me who quoted it. I didn't mm-hmm. go like find the quote, so you know, it, you know, good. You've got the person, that's the important yeah. thing. So the first one I'm gonna talk about is uh, their name is Flea from Chrono Trigger. Flea with an A? Uh, yeah, F L E A. Okay. Yes. Um, non-binary or genderqueer, and they go by they, them. Love, love. Flea, known as Mayon or Mayone in Japanese, is a fictional character in the Chrono series of video games. Um, they first appear in Chrono Trigger, which is in 1995. This is the same series as Chrono Cross, if you know that game. 
Um, Very vaguely. Yes. I, I know love, it's a thing. Yeah. So I actually, I have Chrono Trigger on my iPad. Yeah. And I love, I grew up playing Chrono Cross. That's how I found uh, the Chrono That's series. why I know it's a thing that exists. Yeah. Well, what's nice about Chrono Cross is they have 50 bajillion characters. So as a cosplayer, you're like obsessed with that. <laughs> well, and, and then all you can playable. find your like one yeah. weird niche character yep. that has nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I and they're just... all play. They literally, I think there's a solid, like it probably 40 playable. So as long as you collect them, they can be in your party. Ooh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And they're of all different from cute little creatures. Oh my God, that's to, a genuine yes, struggle. Yes. So that's Chrono Cross. Like this how big Trigger. can my party be? Yeah, the only three people, but I you can switch it. them out. The only problem is when you play through. So it's, it's good because you can play through multiple times. But you can sometimes you can choose one or the other. So in order to get this character, you can't get this character. Oh. But the second time you play through, you could play through this one. Each some characters like combine and do special things if you put them in the party together. Chrono Cross is an interesting story, but it's a really beautiful game. And like has a but we're not talking about Chrono Cross. We're talking about Chrono Trigger, which comes before <laughs> Chrono Cross. So nineteen ninety five. And they That's are, old for queer shit. Exactly. And I put, for non-binary? Yes. Yes. Like, oh not even God. just, like, gay. Yeah, yeah. Non-binary. And we have to... I'll put a little pre-date out in the... I'll put a little, like, not warning, but uh, notes. Yeah. And I mention it, too. We also have to remember it is the time. Oh, this is so, uh, very sweet. One time. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, it is very Ooh, sweet. Oh, they hit you with that cherry. Yeah. Know what it tastes like? Do you remember the like they were cough drops, but they weren't? They're were basically just like cherry candy. The cherry ludens. Yes, that's I what know. that tastes like. I know. I used yeah. to eat them yeah. all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, mom stopped buying them because she was like, "These aren't helping no. you." And also, you're just eating candy. Yeah, and they're like, not cough drops, and they just have a. They're like, if you just crunch them like a yeah. fucking monster, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not helpful. So we do have to remember some of these are actually older and mm-hmm. so product of their time. Maybe different not terms. the different terms, maybe not the best representation, no. but also kind of the representation of the time where yeah. you could see they were trying, they were trying. but it was not a great time. And probably so, any like like a lot of that time, any queer person that was writing probably wasn't out. Yes. So uh nineteen ninety-five, this is a Japanese game. They present as feminine, but they seem to identify as male, though in Japanese they use feminine signifiers at the end of their speech, which is another way to show that they present more as feminine. Mm -hmm. They serve as an antagonist (laughs) and as as a minion to uh, Magus, who is the main Mm -hmm. uh, bad guy in Chrono uh, Trigger. They also appear in the sequel Chrono Cross as an optional opponent if you want to do like a side quest. Cute. They received a generally positive reception and have been called an icon due to their gender identity and expression, especially because of how early it came out in. But it was also criticized as employing the trope of gender ambiguous villains. Mm -hmm. They made the one queer character in the game a villain. Yeah, that's always rough. Which is always rough. Mm -hmm. Which, like, as a person here who very much supports queer rights and queer wrongs. Yes. I love a queer villain. And I mean, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. But I like, it's it. totally cool because it's like villains are cool. Like, villains are cool. Yeah, like Which, villains like, are great. The reason we but, think villains are cool is because they've been queer coded since we were children. It's true. So it's true. So, um, Flea was created by, uh, created for Chrono Trigger by Akira Toriyama. Flea is named, um, uh, Mayone or Mayone, I guess. I'm not 100% I'm not going to make the mayonnaise yep. joke that I thought of the first time. In Japanese, because no! it's a play on mayonnaise. Oh my god! Yes, 
I was like, don't raise your hand and say mayonnaise last time. And I was like, nah, I've got to say it. Oh my God, that's really yep. funny. Um, this was Shane's English version of Flea based on the musician Flea. Yeah. And Flea ends all of their sentences with Yoni which in the Japanese version, which is supposed to be like really, really cutesy and mm-hmm. a lot of females did you, did do it you? in Japan. They also speak in a tough fem- feminine tone using the personal pronoun Atai, which is short for Atashi, which is a personal, uh, which is a common first pronoun in casual speech for a woman, particularly young woman, and perhaps especially and used especially in fiction, so manga, anime, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And so all these extra things are attached as feminine, though throughout they also will give themselves masculine stuff as well. So uh, during English localization. The sexual culture of Flea's character was partially lost because America is America. Yeah. And uh, we had stricter policies on sexually suggestive, explicit content. Um, We don't like anything fun. Basically. So... I just think about... I literally cannot tell you how fucking cute those sexy comics were. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this I mean, is adorable. Yeah. These are just little guys. So the fem- certain feminine signifiers that we use in America, such as a certain way of speaking us, like tildes or long vowel sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, there Who was little, now, she'd have a vocal... They'd have a vocal fry. Yep. Um, oh my God. Little... Um, some of um, Flea's uh, speech, uh, speaking would have like little heart icons come out they took those away um in the japanese version one of the things that um flea had was called uh mayon's uh bra which was censored to flea's vest in the english version so it wasn't even because of like queer tendencies it was just because it was too feminine and sexualized that's yes in 1995. That's so stupid. It was changed, but it was changed to Flea's Bustier in the Nintendo DS uh, version That's when better. they rebrought it out. So they brought back, mm. and I think, I mean, the hearts might have even came and back. Honestly, in a Bustier is so much sexier than a bra. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It is. There is a mixed reaction, uh, reception to Flea's character in the community. Since appearing in Chrono Trigger, Flea has become an icon for their gender identity and expression. They were identified as the most overtly representation of alternative sexuality in the Chrono series. The community sees positives and it sees negatives. Mm-hmm. They say Flea can be problematic and poor representation of trans and gender nonconforming people, and most people don't like the fact that she's they are portrayed as a villain, um, because once again, it's saying like gender queer people it's okay of any kind are, are are villains. They're yeah. not good people. Which like that was the comics code was like. I mean, if you have to make somebody gay, they have to be a bad guy so that we know that this is a bad behavior. Exactly. Exactly. But they also had a lot of positive things to, um, positives to keep Flea as an icon and for video games in the community. The game never once made a joke out of Flea's ambiguous gender. Good. And a lot of Flea's attacks are actually, they, the, like, their causes, you know how there's always, like, they cause death, the blind, and mm-hmm. confusion. The, are, yeah. They say they gave her, gave them these specific ones because it was almost like how people react 
to gender queer people. So That's so fucking funny. So, like, they have attacked that cause blindness because people want to turn a blind eye towards it. They have an attack that causes confusion. Yes, because people are confused by it. Yes, this is they have an attack that causes berserk because people get angry. Yeah. They specifically made their attacks. Mm -hmm. That's so Yes. Oh my god, I love yeah. that so much. Mm-hmm. That's so smart. Um, Flea actually does at one point one of their lines is saying that it that gender matters less than power and beauty. Saying yes! I am strong as who I, I am, I'm gonna kick your ass. Oh my doesn't god. Doesn't matter my gender. Yeah. Yes. So that's Flea. Um That's so ooh. Yeah. Ooh. They're great. They're cute. <laughs> um, and for the 90s, yeah. I'm so proud. Like, yes. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the attacks really got me. I was like, yeah. The attacks are so fucking so smart. So good. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to mention her. <laughs> you might. I just saw a thing on Noriko that her creator is actually genderqueer. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't mention Noriko. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I, I just saw a thing on Noriko. I could write probably I, a whole episode on oh, Noriko, though, which is and why you should. they... And then I can bring up the fact that I keep that videotape in my bathroom for some reason. (laughs) Um, Next, we're going to talk about Bridget from Guilty Gear, which is a fighting game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trans female, she, her, her her pronouns. Um, She was first introduced in Guilty Gear series in Guilty Gear uh, Double X or XX, whatever they want to call it, in 2002. There was a lot of questions and controversy over Bridget's gender at first. So the series creator, Daisuke Ishii. Ishiwatari and Strive, who is the creator or the brand of the series, uh, direct, Strive's director, Akira Katano, confirmed that Bridget self-identifies as a woman and uses she, her pronouns on the official Guilty Gear website, which I went on and got a lot of this information from. I, just, um, I feel like I've seen her. Yeah. She's yeah. a cutie. She has like a giant handcuff around her waist. <laughs> she is cute. She's I a bounty hunter. Seen her. It was yeah. a different person yeah. I was thinking of. Oh okay. my god, I love her. Um, so Bridget was born one of two twin sons to a multi-billionaire couple um, that was given the best training and tutoring and all that shit rich people get. Mm-hmm. So, however, in Bridget's upbringing and in their little society village that they were in. It was a superstitious belief that if you had male twins, it would bring misfortune. So basically, the townspeople were embedded in this belief, and they insisted that the younger of the set of twin males be put to death or be exiled upon birth. (laughs) Exiled. The (laughs) exiles. It's really just Bridget. That's what's out there. You're probably not wrong about male twins. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, fair. So, not being able to be like, we want to kill one of our own babies, they raised Bridget as a daughter and made everyone believe that That she was a female. So, this is where it gets a little tricky where you're like, okay, well, she was raised as a female for a reason, Mm. but does she identify identify as that? So, um... Did you just luck out and make this traumatic decision the right way? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So, and I mean, like, it's a weird background, but also at the same time, if it was a true background, like, you get it. Like, it was Mm -hmm. either kill this child or be like, hey, you have to pretend because they're going to kill you. Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) And we love both of you because you're our children. We're not going to let our kids die. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. No, so, no part of this is not traumatic. <laughs> yes, no, and there's so much trauma here. Also, if you are a character in something and you don't have trauma, why are you here? It's true. It's true. So Bridget strove to put on a happy front, but their her parents did seem sad. Like they knew what they were doing. Probably, yeah, it wasn't right. <laughs> but they were doing the best they could with their situation. It's something yeah. they didn't want to well, force upon. There's her. a no win, but yeah, it was yeah. So it's just what they had to do. And Bridget did always try to put on a happy front to be like, "It's okay, parents. Yeah. Like I love you. Like I understand why you're doing this. Yeah. Everything's good." Don't know much about her brother there. Skirt's I don't know. Not that weird. Then Bridget gets the idea, well, if I start behaving like a man and go out to the world and bring back a bunch of riches and all this good stuff, it'll crush this superstition that having twins. Actually, I'm good luck, bitch. You didn't know. So she went out to try to catch this big bounty on another character named Dizzy. And uh, just to show that they had great wealth, she didn't end up catching Dizzy, but she did end up getting being a really good bounty hunter. And this did lead the superstition to start to fade from her village. I mean, at the very least, even if you don't end up being like, yes, I would like to come back to being to being a boy. You, you, you want to not make this a yeah, thing in the future. A thing in the future. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's a nightmare so, place. Bridget was working as a bounty hunter while searching for a purpose. And then in Guilty Gear Strive, which came out in 2021, we actually really get to see Bridget on a journey to figure out who she is. That's is she awesome. female? Is she male? Oh, that's is, nice. Yes. So... At this, uh, the start of the game, which is, takes place in December of 2187, Bridget is a famous bounty hunter making great contributions to her parish and her village. So the superstition is basically gone now and there's no restrictions on the gender that Bridget wants to be. And so now it's like, oh, parents. well, I can do this. What do I, yes. what do I actually yeah, want? Exactly. And who am I actually? So she remains a bounty that, hunter because so she's much. not sure what yeah. she wants to do. She's trying to figure herself out and search for a purpose. Um, and she did try to live as a man a little bit at once the, her town accepted, her village accepted her, but she knows she's like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm actually starting to understand who I actually am. Oh, I love that. Sometime after the G4 summit, which I'm assuming is one of the battles that was the competitions yeah. they have in all these fighting games. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, they're all, all the, the random, <laughs> that's what you're going through is usually uh, some kind of tournament in yeah. these, in these fighting games. Um, a gold Lewis Dickinson uh, locates Bridget and tries to add Roger to his cryptic, cryptic collection. Go ahead. I thought you were, I thought a gold Lewis thing was going to be an award. No. <laughs> nope, it's a person. Um, and Bridget is like, go Video fuck games. yourself. Um, and he, so he says when he's leaving, he casually, calls her like little lady and Bridget does uh, just as an automatic response say like hey I'm I'm not I'm not a girl I'm a boy because yeah. she's still in this I'm not sure mm-hmm. but you can always tell she's conflicted she's anxious Hesitating about it about yeah she's not she's not she feels like she's probably supposed she's to be a boy because her she, whole chest but she yeah. feels like she has to. yes because she has gone back to apparently being a boy because now it's okay in our culture and that's what she was born as. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is trying to figure it out. And then basically 
she finds Kay, who is one of the other characters, and he encourages encourages her to be her true self and to live nice. how she wants and just to 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 do it up. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are; just be true to yourself. So between um, different conversations with Kay and a few other characters, it makes her realize that her own happiness is that she's a girl and she's mm-hmm. not going to lose that because of other things. Um, so she calls herself the female, calls herself a girl, and find that strength is her true self and not what other people oh, think, which is really nice, nice to well, see. Well, like, to spend time on that in yes. a video game. So, yeah, so, like, her story, I'm sure this is what, when you, because when you play everyone's arc, they have their own story. So yeah. this is probably her, like her arc, arc that yeah. you're playing through is for her to find her, her own who she is. So it's nice that the creators came out and were like, no, she's a girl. And then we're yeah. like, you know what? We're going to make an arc for her so all of you can realize, hey, we understand we're it's gonna do the work actually, and but we're gonna. I know show, you're not yes. used to that yeah. because most people just say a thing and then don't really <laughs> and ever don't go ever go about it anymore. But, uh, but we're gonna do the work. Yeah. Um. Also, Damn. she has my birthday, so oh. I mean, just you know, October twenty sixth, babes, right here. <laughs> so, uh, the next one I'm gonna talk about is just the main character of Rune Factory Five. Mm. Bisexual, pansexual. Ooh. So, Rune Factory is a farming game that was it, uh, was uh, took inspiration from Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. So, it's not Harvest Moon, but it is essentially it's in the, it's Harvest in Moon. The vein. Yeah, it's a sandbox game. It's the same thing. You pick a little character. You have a little mm-hmm. farm. There's kind of a story arc. You kind of follow it. All that kind of yeah. stuff. But it's really just meant to be chill. I've done a podcast episode on sandbox games. Go back to go that back one. And listen to it. So, Rune Factory Five. This is, um, I don't know when it came out. This is the one I, but I know it's been semi, that one, this one's semi recently, obviously. It's five. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's the same concept. Usually, all the original Harvest Moons, you were a boy character. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they started having a few games where you could be Pick. a girl character, but it was always, you had a certain amount of bachelors or bachelorettes, and you could, and it would always be opposite gender. You wouldn't have to marry them, but that's how you would, like, make the, like, years go by yeah. in the story. But if you just wanted to sit there and farm, you could just sit there and farm. Also, one... There's somebody on TikTok who has a Harvest Moon, like, plug-in so that they can marry every single person. And the amount of people that walk into their bed at night is really fucking I hilarious. I love that. I love that. Yeah, they're like, I- I'm just marrying just everyone. Train. It's, like, over and-, and all of their little, like, footsteppies. That's hilarious. It's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So... Um, Rune Factory 5 finally said, fuck this bullshit, we're gonna be different here. So not only can you choose whether, when I think a few other eventually ended up doing this, you can choose whether you're male or you're female. They nice. haven't gotten quite into it enough to be like non-binary, but you can choose whether you're male or yeah. female. And you have a choice of 12 suitors, six males, six females. Fuck yeah. You have free cho- range of any of them. And then you can get them in any, just like any other way. You have to woo them. You have to make them fall in love with you. You have to learn them to know what to give them to woo them. Whether they are male, whether they are female, whether you are male, whether you are female, you can marry any of them and and it's up, up for grabs. It's the bisexual so, dilemma though, yes. for sure. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, everyone's adorable. Yeah. So <laughs> and I, everybody in these games is always adorable. Like, if you make everybody hot, I'm gonna want to date everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, so the 80s was so good because they were like, you, you can. can have both. Yeah. 
Eventually. I feel like we'll get there soon. Oh, yeah. Eventually, it will probably be some non-binary. I would and be then it'll shocked be like if this everyone. vampire thing mm-hmm. uh, doesn't have something like that. Yeah, so that's great that uh, they basically finally were like, you know what? No, there's no, mm. you fucking, here's a bunch of people. No, why are we it. doing this? It's yeah. just, well, and it's like, one of those things, too, because it's like, if you play one of these games, all of the characters are still there. Whether yeah. you're male or whether, like, so the one I like play. Like, the same amount um, of work yeah. is there. You just yeah. put the coding in forever. And all the characters, so like on my heart, on my Harvest Moon one that I have on my DS, you can choose whether you're male or female. So I chose female, which means I can only be, I can only suit the guys, Mm -hmm. but all the female characters are still there. And I still have a crush on them. Exactly. So it's like, why not just make it so I can go after any single one of them? So it's cute that they did that. I mean, I listed the characters by pan because I guess it just depends on who's playing. Yeah. You are you, whoever you're playing. You mm-hmm. like them for whatever you reason. You have options, just, and options yeah. are queer. Yeah, the options are queer. Mm-hmm. Just uh, care for your farm, pet your animals, and love your l- spouse. Love your spouse. You know. <laughs> All right. My next one I'm going to talk about is Arachne from Angel Sanctuary. Transgender female, she, her, she is the one that I did last year in our Pride shoot. Oh, yes. Is she spidery? I'm trying to... Yeah, so she's a demon, and yeah, so yeah, she's like, a demon from hell. She's yeah. a spider, named after a spider yeah. god. Yeah. Right. So, That's um, our, um, our kune might be her Japanese Okay, name. yeah. I don't know, uh, yeah, so, like I said, she was the one I did last year in our Pride shoot. Mm-hmm. Trying um, to remember, literally. Oh, yes. The red dress. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it snapped um, into literally <laughs> right before you said that. I was like, yeah, yeah. right. So Over I wanted the fence. to do her last year for Pride, but um, she's very little. And I like, I get, I'm sure if I sat yeah. and read the whole manga, I could probably figure something out. But like, I get it. Yeah. It's, and it's Sometimes you start manga. to do something and you're like, yeah. this is it's, 20 minutes if I stretch yeah, it. Yeah, it's hard to find stuff on her. Um, I always loved her. I didn't read the manga. I watched, there was a very brief anime that didn't get continued and I, um, oh, that I watched when I was younger. It's very, it's, it's a very crazy anime oh, manga. Of that time. You will, uh, in what general, it's, uh, so, um, Do you have that? it was written and illustrated by Kiori Yuki, who is mm-hmm. a very famous manga artist of the time. She mostly did shoujo and it was, uh, in the shoujo, uh, manga magazine, Hana Toyumi from, so the manga actually lasted from July 1994 to 2000. Uh, yes. So they put like issues, single issues in these things but I still think the manga is like I saw one of those like mm. 10 to 20 manga book it's a chunky book yeah it's not just like a small short series and so 1994 to 2000 I actually didn't realize it went on that long yeah like I understand 2000 was 23 years ago but still doesn't feel like well, 23 not, years uh, ago yes well, unfortunately <laughs> everyone who is our age thinks it's like 3 years, years ago 10 years ago yeah. maybe yeah and so, I'm like oh well because I think think that the 80s was still 20 years ago. Yeah. Yes, this is true. Yep. Yeah. So, Angel Sanctuary, it's religious. Ah. Uh, well, so, you know. things get weird because of <laughs> religious, and it's a manga just being like, we're religious, yeah. and they're doing what they want, so there's like, weird angels, demons, incest, reincarnations, this, religious that, aesthetic. That, yes. Yeah, it's not actually, it's loosely based yeah. off of religion, but because of that, it gets Which weird. Which is the best way. Yes. Because then you're like, we're just using the, like, 
ornate decorativeness of like yeah. crosses and nuns. well, even like the two main characters are humans. No, <laughs> no, with with quotes, guys. The main characters. <laughs> there's one. I'm trying to think. I think he is technically the reincarnation of Alexiel, and he is a twin sister who I don't think is a reincarnation, and there's, like, incest going on, but because there is weird reincarnations and angels and... So prevalent yeah. in anime for a really yeah. long time. Yeah. And I don't know if it still is, and I hope it isn't. Mm-hmm. But, I agree. So, and always, especially, it's a fucking twin thing. It's, it's a twin in the, it's the twin fest thing is a thing in yeah. anime for, or in Japanese culture, because it was in a lot of video games, yeah. too, for a while. Udna. Um, uh, Resident Evil. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> weird, weird twins, uh, man. That's why, that's why we say eat your twin in the room, man. Yeah. All right. So, it's just safer. Anyways, we're not. <laughs> Arachne, not a twin, not having incest, but um, is Karai's older sibling um, and was told that she was the heir to the throne. Um, so when Gehenna was under attack and destroyed, which is hell for those of you who don't know. Hebrew um, hell, what? if I remember correctly? Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah. I said, I think she just took a whole bunch of oh, yeah. and mashed like, them These together. all sound great. These sound great Every single story. piece of this is delicious, um, but I don't have to deal with it. Yep. So she discovered, so they always thought they were cousins. Um, she discovers that she is Karai's actual sister mm-hmm. and that she's actually just a decoy to protect the true heir, which is Kurai. Uh, yes. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, so she initially sells her, uh, initially despises her, uh, Karai and sells her own soul to Lucifer through the Mad Hatter who seals a demon, a spider demon in her chest. So that's where the name comes from. Yeah. Um, she then poses as Karai's cousin to get close to her and try to kill her, but ends up actually like caring about her and is like, shit, this, this girl's kind of cool. Oh, and boo. I kind of like her. She ends up sacrificing herself to be the 999th bride of the Demon Lord to save Karai. And her status in the series has been basically, when it came to an end, was just missing. We're not sure um. dead or anything, just missing. Mm-hmm. Um, Arachne almost always dresses as a woman and refers to herself as one of God's mistakes. Um, at, at being a woman trapped in a man's body. I yeah. feel like this can be taken two ways. Obviously, uh, icky negative way, being yeah. trans people or our mistakes. Or since Angel Sanctuary is this weird mashup of religion, it's basically Arachne being a demon and also being like, fuck you, God. Yes, you fuck fucked you. Up yes, you here. fucked the fuck up, you piece of shit. <laughs> so, honestly, that's a great way yeah. to be like, yep. Yeah, your God <laughs> makes mistakes and he's a stupid piece of shit. Yep, and he sucks. So yeah. here we're at. Yes, he's bad at his job. <laughs> Who keeps letting him do that? Um, so yeah. Oh, he doesn't have a boss? Oh. Mm. Is there an HR department? Oh, no. It's just thoughts and prayers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Uh, so the next one I'm going to talk about is, I hope I say your name right, uh, Canis. C-A-E-N-I-S. Canis. Canis. That makes sense to me. Right? Yeah. So, uh, they're in uh, Fate Grand Order, which is uh, the little app based off of Fate. Right. um, Which has a shit ton of characters in it. They are 
gender fluid, uh, possibly she, her, or they, them. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing with... So ask me that day. Yeah, so, well, and I'll get into a little bit why it's a little un, okay. unsure, okay? So just go Fate Grand Order is the mobile app game of the Fate series that was released in Japan in 2015. I have it on my phone. Um, and it basically allowed the series just to add a whole bunch of characters that you mm-hmm. can play as. There are actually over 350 volt, 50 playable servants. She was. And if you do know anything about Fate, there servants are basically mostly based off of myth and legend, etc. That I Example, <laughs> uh, King Arthur, uh, Merlin, mm-hmm. Alexander the Great, Jack the Ripper, Hercules, etc. This is why this gets a little bit confusing because Canis is based off of mythology. Okay. So it gets confusing yeah. about different versions What? because what, it's just thousands of years old mythology from... Yep. Yeah. We went over mythology a couple yes. back and, uh, and it was like, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it scatters. So you've got a little exactly. bit over here, a little bit over there, exactly. a little bit over there. And there's multiple and the different versions different people of to what different happened. Things. And so that's why it gets a little confusing on what, whether it's a they, them, or she, her, mm-hmm. or you know, exactly what is going on with the character. We'll talk a little bit, I will talk a little bit about what version Fate took yeah. to be like, this is the character in the mm-hmm. game, because if we just do all these weird things, it's going to be confusing, and no one's going to understand this character, because yeah. they're not going to have a backstory. Um, it's Zagreus from Hades all over again, where it's like, <laughs> um, we have to choose something to make this a yeah. character. <laughs> um, okay, so Canis is the name of Caniusus. It kind of gave me a spelling here. Caniusus. Before she wished to become a man. I know this one. Yes. So a warrior and tyrant found within Greek Greek mythology and as a member of Argonauts. Argonauts, yep. Canis went on many an adventure with her crew, with the crew, um, and it does say, it, it is said that she was once a woman and later became a man. Uh, in the past, Kenius was undoubtedly a woman. That is the roots of apparently every story. Mm-hmm. Rena- renowned to be one of the most beautiful maidens in the land of the time. Mm-hmm. And she turned down a whole bunch of uh, suitors and quarters and then ended up losing her chastity to the sea god Poseidon. We can only guess how consensual that yes, one was. Exactly. So satisfied, Poseidon offers it, yep, offered to grant her a wish, uh, grant her a wish, and she wished to no longer be a woman, so she would never be violated like that again. Oh no. Yep. Yeah, I forgot about the details of this one. So that's then she became an invincible man, according to the legend. So apparently, I think that's like always in the legend. Yeah, that's the starting. Then it that gets tracks, a little. That makes sense. Then it gets a little bit. Different that's Greek mythology to a T yes, too. Yes. So disgusting god rapes woman, and then and it's like, I guess I'll give you a favor. Yeah. So now that I've like tried to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. So, um... She's like, I just want armor against you, basically. Basically, yeah. So, it's not actually known if she literally became a man, Mm -hmm. or just got a whole bunch of armor, or was perceived as that. That's some of the stuff that's just lost in translation. It was some magic... Remember, this is the time where people are spreading stories by word of mouth. Exactly. So, (laughs) things are lost. Some magic made everybody think she was a man. Whether she physically was or wasn't isn't clear. But 
she and we don't know how she identified but other people identified her as a man like yes. looking at her. Yeah, so looking at her they saw a man or that she was identified as a man. What she whether identified herself as we're not 100% a mental sure. blah blah blah. Um and in some stories it said after she died she became a big bird with golden wings while others say she just kind of disappeared into the sky. Um and then other tales even say corpses of a woman was left behind. So once again, not sure because of how old the legend is. Either way, she became a mighty warrior or they became a mighty warrior, uh, was very powerful and basically was able to rule lands in kind of a tyrant kind of way because girl boss stuff let's they go. boss them um, boss <laughs> them boss them boss they boss is wrong yeah no <laughs> um so in grand order uh she is summoned with the physique of a woman with a more masculine face so they kind of brought it both together hot Yep. Um, different characters will refer to them as both pronouns and they just don't, they don't seem to care either way. Mm-hmm. They don't act negatively or positively yeah. to either of the pronouns. So I just, you know, maybe they're just gender Pop fluid it on in. or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, she, they, the, she, they, he, that's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, me too, girl. <laughs> and like I said, it's not, actually clear oh, if she girl. physically became a male in myth it's not really clear if she's physically even female yeah. in the game mm-hmm. she appears that way uh, so okay so they don't I think they do make her seem a little more feminine because when she is summoned she seems to be a little disappointed that she's not her like male uh, form but it's still sort of it's like unclear. well I could be more masky than this if you... Yeah, yeah. If exactly. I had what I wanted. Yeah, you know, if I wanted. And yeah. then uh, her dialogue with uh, Da Vinci indicates she does not relate to the idea of transitioning gender to make one happier with her overall self or just so, you know, she's not like, whatever. I am what just I like, am. Uh, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I'm cool with whatever is happening. I'm going to basically kick your ass. If a god isn't going to magically zap it for me, I'm not I don't do have it. the time. <laughs> I'm also just a fucking... Well, and it's like, I can't just snap my fingers and switch whenever I want? Oh, well then... I I have all this mystical power. I can't do that. Come on. What the fuck? So, basically, it's being like, whatever. I'm fine. So, I guess kind of gender fluid is, you know, she, they, he, whatever. The she, Whatever is working for They're good with everything. Whatever. They're cool. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it just gets a little weird because the game obviously tries to do a chill adaptation just because we don't know. Yeah. And I'm sure like also it's it's a game with a billion characters. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to go super Mm -hmm. in depth in every one of them. Exactly. Which is why this is all. It's just the only stuff we ever super know about the characters is what their actual myth is because every character is based off of an actual something. Maybe we'll start playing this game. I love mythology. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it's fun because, like, none of it's going to be, like, yeah. anywhere near what it actually well, always, is, well, but yeah. it's loosely I love based an adapted mythology that yeah. makes it less rapey and terrible. Yes. 
Like, King Arthur is female. Yeah. She is a girl. And also, yes. Though I actually wouldn't be surprised if she just considered herself also gender. I am just King Arthur. I'm King. I am King Arthur. Yeah, I am King Arthur. Like, and all of them. They they just have, like, fun adaptations of characters. Because a lot of them are people that you don't, we only know so much because history blurs everything. Exactly. It's been so long and a lot of these people were around before, like, things were being written Mm -hmm. or before things were being written and kept. Yes. Yep. All right. And the last person I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about Bernard. (laughs) Yeah. Bernard a little love. I love Bernard. (laughs) Yeah. So Bernard Dowd, obviously from Batman, he he is gay. He's created by Bill Wilmingham in uh, 2011. Part of the DC franchise. Oh my god, in 2011. Yeah. Yep, he's relatively new. First of all. Actually only 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think 2011 is when the DC reboot happened. And this is why me and every other person when DC was like, somebody whose main is coming out as gay was like, Tim fucking Drake. (laughs) This is why. Yep. Yep, here you go. He was there. He was there. (laughs) So, Bernard Dowd is an old friend and former classmate of Tim Drake. He was obsessed with the heroics of Robin and subsequently followed in his footsteps with martial arts training. Oh! I know. Cutie pie. Well, first of all, you should definitely get martial arts training or something like that if you live in Gotham like a psychopath. This is true. Um, He's unaware that Tim is Robin and that he's basically just obsessed with Tim Drake. Yeah. And like I said, he should figure it out and then be like, oh my god, did I... Did I cause you guys to, like, break up? And Tim's like, I don't think Connor knows much about me. And he's like, oh my god, we need to solve this game. <laughs> we will fix What this. are you doing? I cannot break up, like, the couple that I have. The power couple. Written you by are myself. my power couple. Don't look at my computer. <laughs> no. Oh my god, you haven't looked into that, have you? <laughs> Tim's like, you're Robin Con yeah. lover 8224, aren't you? <laughs> Super Rob AT2. It's like, God damn it. Oh, shit. Okay. So. And Connor has commented on half mm-hmm, of this fix. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's pretty, it's pretty good. This is, this is very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. yeah. All right. So Bernard was raised in a household where his parents had high expectation that he never seemed to meet, prefer, uh, preferring fun and video games to schoolwork for unknown reasons. They always disapproved of his schoolmate, Tim, who used to visit him because they were friends. (coughs) (laughs) I wonder why. That was was definitely from smoking weed and not from anything else. Um, At some point, Bernard and Tim drifted apart and they had not seen each other since before Tim was adopted by Bruce Wayne. Mm, So it's probably when he became Robin because he was kind of busy. He was kind of busy. Um, so after high school and Amos Bernard fell victim to the children of Dionysus. Uh, yes. Right on the money. Sweet. Beautifully done. Sweet. Uh, Gotham City cults. Mm-hmm. Yay. Cult. God of wine and being a floozy. I mean, I suppose if I was to join a cult, mm-hmm. that would be the yeah. one. <laughs> He's extremely daddy in Hades. He's so hot. And let's see, it's a Gotham City cult that engaged in painful activities for enlightenment and abducted vulnerable teens attra- uh, attracted to their message, as most cults do. Not specifically. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Daddy. Yeah. And he's like, Zag, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hey, I know we're all cousins because 
Because it's Greek gods. Because <laughs> it's Greek gods. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gods, so, but like, so yeah. it's fine, right? <laughs> I really need a boon. <laughs> so they abducted vulnerable teens, attracted to their message, which is basically all cults work, just not teens specifically. Mm-hmm. Usually they actually want people with money. Yeah. Teens are of no help to them <laughs> because there's no money involved. Um, Unless it's their parents. Yes. Um, and by the time he finally reconnected with Tim, the letter had become similar, restless, and struggling with his sense of self. So Tim, at this point, reconnects with Bernard, and this is when he's breaking up with Steph and burying himself into work as Robin, and, and is realizing that he's not straight. <laughs> Loses his spleen along the way. It was funny when I Kidney. when I was copying and pasting this, they were like, broke up with his ex-girlfriend. I was like, um, Steph gets a name in all my podcasts. Absolutely. Because she's the fucking best. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways. Yeah. This isn't about Steph. He does say, like, in one of the new Pride ones, I think it was last year, he says that, like, when I came out, it was kind of weird to, like, talk to Steph for a little mm-hmm. while. I feel like And I, I'm sure Steph, it wasn't Steph. No, I'm sure. Say. Well, I know I read a but couple yeah. of excerpts somewhere that he was like, you know I loved you, right? And she was like, yeah, yeah. you being bi doesn't change I'm anything, not an dumbass. I know that I'm and the you're only still my best friend. Loved. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go get donuts. Mm-hmm. Your pain. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is what he meets up with him again when this is when Tim's trying to figure out. He's being like, mm, I'm having some life. I'm crisis. a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. When isn't Tim? Anyway, so the two. Are I've buried <laughs> my entire self into work for many, many years. Lost one of my organs that I can't remember at this point. And he's becoming Robin again after Damien is MIA or possibly dead. I'm not 100% sure when this is happening, but probably dead because Damien dies. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Which like, like you're going to have a fucking identity Mm -hmm. crisis. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Stop being Mm -hmm. Robin. (laughs) Yeah, give it up. Give up the ghost. Okay. Red Robin was great because you could still feel like yeah, you're being Robin, but, but you, you had grown. your own thing. You you emerged into yeah. something different. You were your own thing, and then you you know. Um. So the two did arrange to meet up at a re- restaurant and catch up, but the reunion was interrupted by the chaos monster, <laughs> who's an operative of the cult, which incapacitated Tim and kidnapped Bernard. <laughs> Womp. Yeah. The chaos monster. You Tim's know. like, I swear to God, I fight really sc- scary bad guys normally. 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 <laughs> but I was trying to act semi-weak because I was in front of you. So Tim's like, fuck. Um, I need yeah. to go rescue Bernard because we were having a good time over our dinner. And also, you know, because just... And because I am, I, I am a vigilante Rescuing that rescues is kind of my job, people. but like, especially. But also this cutie patootie right here. I need a here. romantic rescue right fucking now. <laughs> so he tracks the cult leader down, tracks him underground, and Tim being, I guess, the not just going in with, the, he's, so he's not Jason, so he's not running in with shooting everything. No. He's like, let me talk to your fucking cult leader yeah. because I have a blonde hottie to get back. He didn't quite say that, but I assume. I'm paraphrasing He thought it. He absolutely (laughs) fucking thought it. So 
Tim joins a meeting with the uh, where the chaos monsters were about <laughs> to sacrifice Bernard. Oh my god! And then he was like, "Oh, I guess we shouldn't talk anymore." And I'm gonna Robin on your ass. <sighs> so he Robin's on their ass and breaks fucking Bernard free, and Bernard doesn't get sacrificed, <laughs> which would have been a bummer. And for it has Tim. a permanent crush on Robin. Yep. Which, like yep. Yep, so... It's um, probably by design in Tim's weird yeah. mind. So Robin's like, hey, I broke you free. Run. You're good. You should definitely And Bernard's like, nah, here. I'm not leaving you, bro. I got you. I'm gonna help fight all these chaos monsters. <laughs> and since he knows martial arts, he shows himself because as a pretty good... nerd about yes. Robin. <laughs> He's oh like, I can fight. And so they fight together. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. And then during the fight, Bernard tells Robin. Robin. <laughs> during the fight, I don't know how this gets brought up, but Robin. I guess. I guess he thinks Robin knows Tim because they knew that he was kidnapped. Yeah, he's like so. Bernard told you, yeah. So Tim's like, so Bernard's like, hey, Robin, tell Tim that I want to continue our date. Wink, 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 wink. And I would uh, love if Bernard knew from this exact minute <laughs> that it was And then eventually revealed, like, I was waiting for you to be comfortable enough to tell me, but I'm not a fucking idiot. That's still <laughs> your stupid face. I've looked it's at true. it a lot. I have a fucking crush on you. I really like you. Yeah. And I look at you a lot. And I know how you move. Mm -hmm. And also cue Tim having a fucking anxiety attack. Also, that would actually be kind of funny because Tim, like, this is how Tim found out, like, Batman was Batman by, like, observing him. And then Bernard was like, hee hee. He, like, I know you're Timothy because yeah. I really liked Robin it and I makes really liked him. It makes truly a ton of sense. Yeah. If you were a big fucking nerd about that, first of all, your entire, all of your wallpapers during all of middle school were Robins. Um, he had Robin taped up from his wall, on his wall. Exactly. Like printer paper. Exactly, exactly. The collage. Mm-hmm. He the newspaper article. A binder full of Robins. Yes. He wrote, I love Robin all over And like over most of them were Tim, which is really... <laughs> Most of them weren't yeah. him. <laughs> Being very, very kind. <laughs> All right. Especially so. since the other Robins weren't wearing any pants. No. And my collages would definitely have been of those. <laughs> Just saying. Just throwing that out there. He is continuing to tell Robin, hey, please tell Tim Drake that um, I would have liked to continue our date, um, just in case we don't make it out here alive. Oh, no. And it was Tim that really helped me realize my true self, which in turn, Tim finally was like, oh, shit, I'm gay, too! Or I'm bi, too. Yeah, but you know, that's like, oh, was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, I actually have a lot of feelings for Bernard right now. Not only am I having a small anxiety attack, because I'm like, does he know that I'm fucking Robin? Does he know he mentioned my name and I'm right here? <laughs> He's also like, he confessed and, and, oh no, and, oh no, I like him back. I had I the, like him back. Oh, oh, oh in oh. italics. <laughs> I had that moment and it was like, oh fuck. Uh, Which so, is the, you know. He stays cool enough to not freak out while he's still on this mission. That's you know, Tim. You know, you know he had a panic attack when he yeah. got home. Mm-hmm. But he's like, we got, there's still kidnapped people here. There's still a cult. Mm-hmm. I'm still Robin. Yeah. I am not Tim. I am not internally freaking out. He I had, had all of his panic attacks of coffee. It's at good. one time. <laughs> as a, he's like, we've got to get them all out. I'm going to spend 20 minutes in this closet. It has to be all of them. 
for like the last week because that's all I have time for. <laughs> that's all I got. We've got 20 minutes. <laughs> so they free all the other children. And he has a convert. Tim has a conversation about his recent life choices with the, about a detective who helped him realize that he didn't need to know everything he wanted out of life right now and just encouraged him to let go. So between a little bit of Batman's actual advice yeah. and Bernard being like, hee hee, I like Timothy. He was like, oh no. Oh. 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 Oh man. Oh. And then he's probably like, did Batman figure this out before me? Oh, 100%. Every single every member single, of the Bat family knew before you. You know, every single one of them was like, oh, God. Yeah. Stephanie, when she first started dating him. <laughs> She's like, the fact that Steph you was like, my hand bye, during bye, my bye. labor, you know, you yeah. were definitely just gay back And you Batman. never tried to sleep with me? <laughs> uh, so, um... Following all this advice, he went to Bernard a few days later, and they decided to go out on a second date or to finish their date to just try to figure things out. And then they started dating. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. So that's that. I was going to do one on Morph, and then I forgot. On who? Morph. Ah, uh, yes. Morph is also part of the LGBT. I think he's gay. I didn't know. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's been sort of out for a while, but not like. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I was looking into it. This is a I, fun topic, though. Like, ones that you're like, I don't have enough to really mm-hmm. flesh this out, but I just want to talk about this. I want to talk about them a little bit because they deserve to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. And there were probably, there are definitely more that I, there's a whole, there actually is a whole bunch of characters that there's characters I don't know or series I don't know. So I wasn't going to talk about them yeah. because I don't have any personal interest in mm-hmm. them other than the fact that they're queer at this moment. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But there's, there's definitely some on the list that I would have loved to talk about if there was enough to talk about them. And there isn't. So I wanted to make sure that they got a little love. Nice. All right, everyone. Well, happy Pride. Happy Pride. Stay safe. Yeah. Be your honest self, whether you're ready to show to the world or not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just like do it as safely as you yes. can. But know you're safe with us. Yes. This is a safe this space. Is a safe space. I know the world is a little scary exactly. right now. If you want to, if you need to tell somebody that you're queer, we are here. Yep. And happy to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Of course. And also queer. Yes. We are also in that queer category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah. And otherwise, have a happy pride. Yeah. A safe pride. Mm-hmm. Do your research before you buy all the pride merchandise oh, to make yeah. sure you're buying the pride merchandise from places that exactly. actually care. <laughs> or just buy it from small businesses yep. because that's it's probably just yeah. a queer person being like, yes. hey. I was going to say that is probably in the community yep. and needs the business anyways. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff. And um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts where we'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Spotify and you can find us on Amazon Prime Podcast, whatever their podcast thing is. You can also find us on Podbean and the ESO <laughs> Network. And yeah, <laughs> we'll see you next next Tuesday, next some Tuesday. Next month, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely aren't getting another one till July. No, so, but deal with that. Yep. <laughs>I will say, I went looking because I had the idea and I was like, there's got to be this fic that exists. And it doesn't. And I'm sad about it. Um, Why isn't there the Tim Bernard Con 
freeway. I'm, that's shocking that there isn't. That's there. Okay. I was like... Where Bernard learns that Tim... He learns that Tim is Robin. Figures out that Robin had... Well, and he's like... I've been shipping you with Khan for so long. Was I the reason that that didn't work? Oh my fucking god! We need to break up. I'm sorry, I don't know guys. What to do about this because you know, like I'm like that. Yeah, because that idea hit me like a bolt of lightning the other day, and I was like, I'm sure somebody else has had it, and it's not there. That's, that is shocking, right? That's that's. They do hilarious. have like three pages of stuff with the three of them. I was like, that's nice. As they should. Good for you guys. As they fucking Tim should. Tim has two hands. <laughs> he's got two, and one of them is a super. Yeah, he's got come two. on. And and, and he, you do not clone somebody ninety times after they've died for straight reasons. <laughs> yeah, the fact that that Cassie didn't just say duh when Tim told her that. <laughs> I was like, sorry I kissed you that one time because <laughs> I was gay for the head. Yeah, no fucking shit. Like, yeah, I know. Um, Neither of us had real healthy reactions to that one. <laughs> My bad. They're fictional twins. He's a twin in the has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.